Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Presto, changeo. Ladies and gentlemen, we watch Now You See Me Too. Or did we? Now You Don't. Hey guys, are, are you as excited as I am for uh, now you for me? <laughs> the, the audience crowds. is going to be looking everywhere for now you see me three. <laughs> it's called misdirection, Chris. Hi, I'm his other other brother. I'm <laughs> Filipino. Just having the Scooby Dumb version of Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I do think it's only fair that we have Parker do Woody Harrelson's voice, you know? Hey guys, it's me, Woody. You like True Detective? <laughs> it'd, it'd be cultural appropriation for one of us to try to do it. <laughs> this is Woody, by the way. <laughs> It's me, Woody Harrelson's brother, Woody Harrelson. I'm good to drive. <laughs> All right, uh, before we get into that, Parker, do we have any news? Wrestling deaths don't count? Of course not. Um, well, cue up the guns, Chris. Uh-oh. You know, no, I'm trying to avoid that. We all spend a lot of time online, and... One of the things that we see every week is like, all right, whose turn is it to get fucking thrown up against the firing squad? The proverbial 21 guns. And you know what? <laughs> I'm happy that finally everyone focused their sights on a target that deserves it. I'm glad that stupid fucking bitch, Judy Garland, finally got what's coming to her. <laughs> you think you can just die 100 years ago and do blackface because you were methed out of your mind? I don't think so, lady. <laughs> fucking cooked her. Good job, everyone. I think she skated by for far too long, and I'm glad. Yeah, <laughs> well, I it. personally, I think she should stop making movies. So, I agree. Yeah, I'm tired Work of seeing her face apple. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> well, is it more racist if I'm tired of seeing that one? <laughs> I, see, I knew there was a problem when Justin Trudeau called her his favorite actress. <laughs> oh, you like Wizard of Oz? Never seen it. Oh. <laughs> what about this fucking obscure Judy Garland? I have... I, look, I'm not exactly like a Judy Garland expert, but I've never seen that picture before. Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't think I anyone has. It's a sequence of events that led to someone finding this and be like, Ah, oh, is this your queen? Like, No. <laughs> It really, really does feel like fucking Gandalf going through like all the tomes looking for where the ring is to try to find where something I could use. It's like, man, Judy like, football season's right here. Just just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do this. God. Dogpiling this stupid dead girl who was just the system ran through her and ruined her life. Like, hey, did you know that she had blackface on? Like, yeah, 
read the rest of that article, buddy. <laughs> I, I think they got her in the end. <laughs> I think she paid her price. <sighs> it's just also, a bunch of movies are getting pushed back. Everything's terrible. Again, as I've been saying, hope you like talking about magic movies and karate movies because there ain't nothing coming out till fucking March. <laughs> God, I and, wish we had more magic movies to talk about. All I, I want to do is talk about magic. Well, to all the members of the WGA who are listening to this episode, and I know you are, this is what you got to start your next script on. (laughs) Are 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 magicians in the Film Actors Guild, or is that like a different thing? Uh, That's is there a magicians guild? There's got to be like three of them, right? I I mean, other than the eye, other than the (laughs) eye. That oh man, do you think the eye has dental? Is there? Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that the magicians are on strike because the eye of Horus won't give them residuals. I also like the idea that you can just Google like parts of the eyes, like healthcare. <laughs> How many vacation days does the eye give? <laughs> Hypnotizing people to saying, "No, this isn't a personal day." <laughs> they don't roll over. Confound you, Horus! <laughs> I shunned perform again. <laughs> The eye is replacing all of our extras with a bunch of scarabs dressed up to look like a person. It's not right. <laughs> all right, if that's all the news that's fit to talk about, then uh, let's let's get into our jerks of the week. I, I've got a hero of the week and a jerk of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. I went back to the dermatologist uh, because uh, the only thing that comes back more than movies from the list is cancer. And uh, what's the difference? To- <laughs> about the same amount of fun uh, you're gonna let Eli Roth make a movie about your life dude yeah, about my skin maybe yeah I uh so she took two moles from my bodice I uh, mole this, you can see this one uh, fuck no Someone what Wait, nice what? to mole you don't let him start yeah so uh she took this one from my forehead and uh while I was there like you know you could just do a full body check and it's free. And took this one here as well. And this is, I had never really done like a full body check with a dermatologist before. So you just kind of strip down all the way and she just looks over your body. And I turned around and uh, she looked at my back. She was like, oh, do you work out? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. So she's my hero of the week. And then she said, uh, yeah, I can see you got like some back knee on there. So some benzoyl peroxide will take care of it. So she's also my jerk of the week. <laughs> If anyone ever asked me, like, hey, like, your work schedule's so tough, like, it must be hard to make time for this show, why do you keep doing it? The answer is, I don't know, one of my friends was, like, trying to talk about how he might have cancer again, and then my <laughs> other friend just kept yelling, moly, 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 <laughs> Actually, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin back. this, though, because I, I don't think that's my favorite mole joke in a movie. Uh, my favorite mole joke in a movie is, um, uh, what is it, Uncle Buck with, uh, with John Candy. He's talking to some teacher. She's got, like, a gigantic conch and mole right here on her lip. And he, he throws her a quarter and says, There, take that, go downtown, and have one of the rats chew that thing off your face. And I kept thinking to myself, What if I did that and just got rid of all these fucking moles all over my body? By the way, prospective parents, make your kids wear sunscreen, even if they really don't want to. Nah, I'm Chris, I have a question. I'm fine. What? I'm not. So she thought you were ripped and have back knee? Did she ask if you roid? Uh, she did not ask if I wrote it. Was it implied? No. <laughs> Alright, just make it sure. I think you can look at me and have a pretty good guess I don't do wow, steroids. Son, do you do milk squats? 
<laughs> hey, have you heard of Mark Rippletoad? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take us back to our jerk of the week roots by being Thank extremely you. petty over a minor inconvenience from two weeks ago. Yes, oh, yes. these are the best ones. So, uh, when I went to see uh, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is a movie that I forgot I saw two weeks ago. <laughs> so we go to a new fucking Cinemark, right? And mm-hmm. it's this big, fancy, blown-out place. And the whole concessions thing is split into two separate lines. You got fucking uh, popcorn going on every side. Great. Perfect. We pick our side, go through the line, get to the end. like, oh, no, you go pay over there. Which is where I find out that all of the lines converge. So you stand in a line and then go merge into another line to pay for what you were just handed. And I was furious for like 10 minutes about it. That's the stupidest shit I ever heard in my life. I would have told him to keep it. I don't need that. I was livid. But then I turned the corner and saw they had a Coke freestyle machine, so it all worked out. Small Toretto twist. Did you get the Blue Beetle backpack? I stared at it as I was waiting (laughs) in the second line. (laughs) That's how they get you. Go see a goddamn vampire. You know, while I'm here, that's how they upsell you. It's 105 degrees out. I'm standing in two lines just to get a fucking popcorn. I was, your boy was salty that day. You know, my thing about Last Voyage of the Demeter is all the people on Twitter who had never, and I guess just social media in general, who had no idea that it that was supposed to be Dracula, that like they, they were like, wow, what a surprise. It was Dracula the whole time. Just no one's ever read that book. Like, also, if, like, they should just put Dracula in the title. Like, what, they probably should have, yeah. Probably should have really done that. I, th- I know it, honestly, week. I bet oh, that was bad. I bet that was part of the Dracula 1800. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my hero of the week is afterwards we went to get a bunch of food and our waiter had the Garfield Neon Genesis Evangelion shirt on. So shout out oh, to him and the hey. substantial tip he received from me. Two things I love so much. <laughs> Alex, I think right, you hinted buddy. that you had an all-timer jerk of the week. Alright, so here's the thing. I'm going to give you guys the entire setup and then let you guess the punchline. Because this is an actual thing that happened to me, and uh, you'll see. Uh, okay, so at work, we're supposed to put one of our interests on our name tags, so and the normies can, like, talk to us or whatever, right? You know, that it's cruel and twisted, but whatever. Normie life, I get it. So We should do that everywhere, though. That'd be a really good bit. 100%. But also, like, I don't want to fucking talk to people at work, so my just is movies, because that's, like, nice and safe, and, uh... I normally doesn't go beyond, you know, like, hey, did you see Oppenheimer? Or, hey, what's your favorite movie? And then I'm just in the clear, you know? I'm just, I, I, I have this whole system of, like, how to minimally interact with people at work. It's very, very complicated. I'm not going to get into the details. So anyway, uh, Saturday night, I'm, uh, I'm dealing on a game, and there's a, there's a dude sitting across from me. He's a black dude in, like, his early 40s. He's, like, asking me, you know, what kind of movies I like. You know, what's your favorite movie? What's your second favorite movie? Blah, blah, that kind of stuff. You know, just, like, being social. And then he goes, hey, like, do you like any ghetto movies? I, of course, you know, I'm not stepping on this rake. So my response instinctively is, well, that depends. What are we defining as a ghetto movie? To which an old white dude on the other side of the table interjects with blank. Let me let me think. Let me choose my I mean, words the, carefully. The, the obvious guess here is Leprechaun in the Hood. That's the obvious guess. Yeah, that's so obvious. This that has to be. has rotted your brain to <laughs> shit. You have pudding up. 
They should have done a whole fucking cat scan, dude. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm going to forego all of the racist choices in my head and just say, I really hope he said Friday. I, you okay, see, wait, that you would be an answer that like makes sense. Yeah, I, I, Jackson. That would also be an answer that makes sense. The answer he gave me is left grounded was a rush hour. What? <laughs> I have been thinking about it nonstop for a week. Wow. It completely killed the conversation. Nobody said another word the rest of the time I was there. Everyone like, well, just cashed tip this round. Everyone's cashing on it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> well, sir, you have 20 fold. I gotta go. <laughs> Fuck this. I. <laughs> it was. I still, I can't believe it happened. <laughs> like, it's just not real. So your jerk of the week what is the guy said who brought up hour three? <laughs> uh, my, my jerk of the week is Jackie Chan for all his time spent in the American ghetto. <laughs> you know, Chinatown, Los Angeles. <laughs> ghetto movie? I, God. I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, I dude, I have to commend I you. Give anything to be there. Because <laughs> like I, I work from home, so I don't have to deal with people face to face. It's Must like be the ultimate game. Nice, dude. You have no idea. I, if I was you in that moment, I can't say for certain if I'd be working the next day. <laughs> Absolutely. I would ask questions until long after I clocked out. Hey, can I get a you don't know. No. <laughs> if I were. As defeated and broken down as I am every night that I'm at work, yeah, maybe. But uh, <laughs> I, oh my god, I can't stop thinking about it. I could have given you a thousand guesses and you wouldn't have got that. How deeply inhale? I seriously advise that you stay, sir. <laughs> it's it's not just the fact that you weren't talking to him, but how quickly did he interject? Like. Was there like a pause and he answered for him, or did he I, just, was he summoned and he just felt the need? To, oh, I rush hour. He it, the guy that I was talking to wouldn't have had a reasonable chance to respond. Oh, that's so much better. Yeah, that's actually just to step in and be like, no, 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 I He's I know what movie. you meant, buddy. <laughs> that movie, with that, with that African and Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, that's interesting because, like, I I work with uh, a lot of my coworkers. I think most of them, most of my coworkers are black. And whenever I talk about movies in the workplace, back when we were in the office, they'd say, "Oh, do you like any black movies?" And they would say, "You ever hear of Friday?" Not in that voice, but uh, and I would what say, voice? "Yeah," and I would I would throw out a whole bunch of them, and they'd be like, "Oh, wow, hey, those are some of my favorites." And we'd usually have like a good conversation. You know what movie never came up? Fucking Rush Hour. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I wonder say, why. Uh, with our group. I'm going to uh, count Rush it, though. Group. I'm going to count that as a black movie now. Rush Hour <laughs> comes up a lot. <laughs> I you know what I'm not going to call why. Rush Hour? A ghetto movie. What the fuck is that? You know what, I... you know what doesn't hold up? is Rush Hour. <laughs> it fucking sucks. That's. I'm so happy for I you that, that I... it wasn't me. I still just I don't know what to do with that I really don't (laughs) Parker in in Texas their idea of a ghetto movie is 12 years a slave so dude don't get me fucking started (laughs) I feel like I should cut that (laughs) we'll get to Texas uh oh 
All right, uh, but before we get like to text, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about what we watched recently. This might be an extended one because uh, we took a week's break. All right, uh, pop quiz. Everyone's invited. Name Christian Bale's favorite movie. Rush Hour. No, it's not Rush. <laughs> Is that our go-to? <laughs> Well, I'm clearly not topping that. So go ahead and inform me. <laughs> Christian Bale's favorite movie, 1997's Beverly Hills Ninja, starring Don't Chris Farley. yourself, come on. <laughs> Rush Hour was a better answer. I would, speaking of, you would never guess with a hundred guesses. You could have told me it's a Chris Farley movie. I would have said Tommy Boy 47 times before I said Beverly Hills Ninja. All right, uh, follow up, extra credit. How many times? How many times has Christian Bale seen Beverly Hills Ninja? Is it how more many, or less than Chris Farley's weight? It's uh, less. How many Damn, digits I'm are we out. talking? Single. Once. Fake fan. You've seen it once. <laughs> Close. <laughs> <laughs> Twice and being like, yep, that's a Best movie of all time. It's a hey, really look, good bit. I'm not watching Pat's Falcons a second time. It's still the best Super Bowl I've seen. I mean, that, see, that's my favorite thing about. Hey, whoa, sorry, I did my Alex impression right there. That's something about Alex that you've mentioned in the past here uh, that you you don't really like rewatching movies. I think as much as Parker and I do, and I think that's perfectly defensible because you have more opportunities to see things that you haven't seen before. But. I gotta say, if you're gonna call something your favorite movie, you gotta watch it maybe more than once. I, more than I'm twice. I'm still letting that sink in because, like, yeah. he's been in like literally several movies that is millions of people's favorite movie. Yeah. He's just like, nope. I the laugh first time, re-rented it, laughed no, again. Chris's favorite movie. He so, fell. Yeah, <laughs> he he fell out. He fell over. He broke the face. What more could you possibly want? He kind of forgot to do that in Batman. Doing a hearty British chuckle at the fat lad <laughs> falling over and be like they don't make him like they used to he was laughing no, like anyways, I have to go the make time. the dark night <laughs> he's right. that's true if, if, if you think about it though Chris Farley's like the American version of Monty Python that's the meanest thing you've ever said know, about him <laughs> right, if only Monty Python got into drugs the guy, not the not the troop. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, next one that I watched is... This is... <laughs> That's all you have to say about Beverly Hills Ninja. What the fuck am I going to say about Beverly Hills Ninja? Dude, that movie is I don't know, I've never seen it. Oh, let me tell you something. There's nothing to it. It's just, okay, I'll give you the plot. So, uh, remember Kung Fu Panda? So the next not movie really. I watched nope. is... <laughs> Basic what, idea what are these is, uh, games we're playing today? Let me tell Just you. Tell something. me how fatty he is, so I can go. Ugh, we can move on. <laughs> he's he's really. That's all I'm waiting for. He's he's extremely. Okay, tell you why. I, I do have something else I could say about Beverly Hills Ninja. I really thought that. Again, seriously, like I watch it, it's on uh, Tubi or one of the Tubi equivalents, and it's no, it's one of the Tubi equivalents that played a fucking like three minute ad like every 15 minutes is really oh, that's pluto i can tell yeah, you right was, now <laughs> yeah i it must have been pluto or something like oh, that and at one point like pluto it started TV. over from the beginning i had to watch it on my laptop and like keep reseeking it was really it was really bad uh, uh Chris, do you need an up. ip torrents invite because like i've got a bunch 
Yeah, uh, we could do this a better way. I, I probably uh, should, but you had to watch this. No, I mean I had to list. like re- no, I had to like reseek it. No, I was curious about it. I was just like, so like the Christian Bale restarted. likes it. <laughs> At that point, you weren't like, you know what? I think I got all there is to yeah. be seen. You're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Let me let me run this tape back. Real okay, quick. if you if you really want to if you really want to hear about Beverly Hills Ninja, then uh, I want to know the fact that like you're a Christian man. A higher power stepped in and went, "Hey, you man, you don't have to watch this anymore." And he went, "I don't think so." Roll that shit to the beginning. I, he's got to check it off, otherwise he's gonna have to watch the whole thing all over again at some point in the future. Exactly. What if I could assigned it? Now I could say, "Oh no, no, oh contraire, bumper notes." <laughs> now, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Basic plot here is um, Chris Farley is white. I don't know if you guys knew that, and I guess it's like. Um, uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist where he like rolls down a hill as an orphan he's adopted or maybe Moses is a better analogy he gets adopted by a bunch of like uh, monks in uh, <laughs> Kung China Pao or, or Moses yeah something like that and <laughs> and uh, he does Kung Fu one of the one of the other ninjas his twin brother is Robin Shu who is the lead actor in um, Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat 2 and nothing Uh-oh. else and uh He's uh he's really bad at kung fu because he's fucking obese, and he keeps breaking all their sacred vases and stuff. And uh, all the other ninjas get to do ninja stuff. He's just stuck at the, I don't know, sensei's temple sweeping with the grim stuff. Anyway, a hot blonde comes in and says, "Oh, I just want someone to do some shit or something like that." He breaks a few more vases. It says, "I can do it." And he goes over to America and uh, tries to solve a mystery or something it's it's really bad he keeps saying holy shinto and uh that's his joke <laughs> would you like some more that trivia bones yeah if you, uh, if you want more trivia about this um uh two pieces of trivia here uh first is uh chris farley watched this and sobbed the entire time on his agent's shoulder because he thought now people won't take me seriously anymore and uh, trivia I mean, the second, Nick Mullen gave you, us five stars. You you wrote the script, dude. <laughs> I don't think. What did you I, think yeah. it was gonna be? Yeah. Fat man d- goes he and falls over. Oh I, no, I'm ruined. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Is like I've seen other Chris Farley stuff. I I saw Tommy Boy, and he's funny in Tommy Boy. He's not funny in this. It's just. I will say, at some point, part of me broke, and I was. I, I just kind of realized what I was looking at, and uh, I've definitely seen a lot worse than this, but I've also seen it. All Chris Farley needs is a good quarterback and a good offense yeah. and a good coach, <laughs> and he'll put out a good movie finally. Yeah, and a little five foot four guy to make all his jokes for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the next one, it is probably a good thing that you guys didn't let me move on too quickly because there's such a a jarring tonal shift here for the next movie I watched. No. Oh, so this one's on the list. No, this one is not on the list. This is uh this is a, this is a, this is an actual good movie and it's a foreign movie. That's under out. 90 minutes. Oh ho ho. I'm back in. Yeah. Uh this is called Children of Heaven. It's an Iranian movie and this is one that really tugs at your heartstrings. Not necessarily a tearjerker, it's just it really makes you empathize with these really young kids in Iran. Uh, you ever see like those commercials that are just like, make sure you, you know, donate sneakers once a month to these kids who have to walk barefoot in the sand or something. You know, it's like, 
right, come on. But sand's like what the best job. thing to walk barefoot in. Yeah, I guess. I so I I was watching it and all I wanted to do was like, dude, I want to buy like an entire Foot Locker and just donate it over to those kids because I felt so bad. Basic idea is uh, there is a family. They're very very poor. They live in Iran. And uh, there's a daughter and a son, and they have to basically share a pair of shoes because the the son lost his sister's uh, shoes, and he can't tell his dad because uh, dad will beat me. That's how they do stuff over there. So they have to pass shoes back and forth with each other, and <clears throat> the third act is my favorite part because he is made aware of a contest. Uh, it's a race, and if he gets first place in the race. All expense paid uh, vacation to who gives a shit where and he gets all this like free shit and everything second place uh, all expense paid for like only two people so he can't bring his whole family but also like a whole bunch of free shit third place a new pair of sneakers and right off the bat you're like oh that's so cliche he's gonna tell his sister all I gotta do is get third just intentionally like tank this race so he makes the qualifying thing just barely and then he gets into the race there's like it looks like there's like a thousand kids here. And he starts all the way at the back and he actually does really well in this race. I know that this is where I'm kind of speaking over your heads here. I run a lot and I really like distance running. It's like my favorite way to like de-stress. This is the best movie I have ever seen to capture distance running. This is so much better than chariots of fire when it comes to distance running. I have never seen it portrayed so well here. The focus, the sounds, the breathing, this movie nails it, and once you know it, the kid accidentally gets first place, and he feels really bad about it. But uh, the movie never explicitly says this, but it says it, it says it with visual language that his parents don't even care; they got a free vacation somewhere. So with the money they saved on that, they're able to buy his sister a new pair of shoes. And um, I think the most important part about this, and something that really touched me, is that at no point during this movie does Chris Farley break any faces or say "Holy Shinto." So, real missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I feel. I, I I really like this, and I liked it about as much. <laughs> Chris Alex. Farley finishing at the back of the fucking Iranian orphan race, like Cartman at the Special Olympics. <laughs> I mean, there's a part where they have to go uphill. It's like, man, I feel bad for that fucking kid. <laughs> anyway, uh, next movie here, and uh, I like this one a lot too. This is what I think, Parker. You've seen this one, Alex? Maybe uh, this is called Breakdown, starring one of my favorite actors of all time, Kurt Russell. Dude, <laughs> what a good fucking movie! It's basically The Vanishing meets Duel, and oh, fuck yeah, that movie rules. Yeah, it's really, really fucking good. Uh, the thing about this is. Uh, Alex, what was that movie you just watched with Jennifer Lawrence? The one that everyone's talking about where she's... Uh, no Hard Feelings. Right, right. Uh, I, I keep hearing that the main draw of this movie is just Jennifer Lawrence. She's just really funny. She is a charming screen presence. The same thing happens with Kurt Russell. If this movie didn't have him, you'd be like, oh, this is pretty interesting. When it has Kurt Russell and you're just like, I don't want to look away for a fucking second. I, I love this guy. I want to see what he's going to do next. And he's not super competent in this one. He's kind of you know, surviving by the skin of his teeth, but it's super compelling. So I really, really like Breakdown. Alex, have you seen this one? I have not. Oh, I think you, I think you would really like this. I think you would have a probably very good time with this. Yeah. Oh, next one is a uh, backup jerk of the week here. Fucking Jude Law. This piece of shit. This dude is so, <laughs> he's so fucking handsome. 
that there were two movies in the late 90s about men who desperately wanted to be him so bad that they traded identities with him. Uh, the first is a science fiction movie called Gattaca. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I think this one's a little bit overrated. Uh, Correct. That yeah. movie fucking blows. I, I, I wouldn't go so far as that. I, I like the ideas. I liked engaging with it. Uh, spoiler for anyone who's listening, if you really want to watch Gattaca, why? But uh, the spoiler for Gattaca is they don't even fucking go to space until the last like thirty seconds. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, who who's uh, the guy in there? It's Ethan Hawke. Is he wants to be Jude Law? Which uh, I gotta Fair. say, I mean, I'll blame yeah, him. that's. I mean, he's Jude Law. You know, look at him. Uh, I forget who the uh, that was. Uh, it was Uma Thurman who was in it, and uh, she does something completely irrelevant. Look, it's interesting, I like the idea, but this is an example of a movie that is about something that still doesn't actually say anything. Because it's about eugenics, and it's about, you know, social engineering and stuff. But it doesn't really make a case either way, you know? And this is where it goes awry. And yeah, I'd rather watch Star Wars than Gattaca. The other one I watched is The Talented Mr. Sh- uh, Talented Mr. Ripley, which uh, I mostly knew about from uh, the book uh, The Disaster Artist. Apparently, have you guys seen the talented Mr. Ripley? Long time ago, yeah, it's yes. been yeah. forever. So, I first heard about this when I was reading the book *The Disaster Artist*, which is about the making of *The Room*. Now, that's a fantastic book. It's one of the funniest books I've ever read, if not the funniest book I've ever read. And at one point, Greg Sestero—this is before they made *The Room*. Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau went to see a screening of *The Talented Mr. Ripley*. And was so before this, whenever they watched movies, he like wasn't paying attention. He, you know, he just didn't care. He was just in the theater for some air conditioning. But during the talented Mr. Ripley, he was enraptured. And then Greg Sestero lived at his place. Greg, you're you're not the genius here, okay? I, it, it, Greg, uh, you got to be a fucking moron to even think about being friends with Tommy Wiseau after seeing the way that he reacted to the talented Mr. Ripley. That guy was clearly trying to steal your skin and live inside of you. It's really unnerving in that sense. As for the movie itself, it's well made. I, I like the jazz. I think that it really does a good job of talking about identity and uh, the fact that Ripley never really has his own identity and he's always trying to imitate someone else and his strongest asset is uh, improvisation which is why jazz plays into that soundtrack so well so I thought they did that very uh, very, very well uh, but also Jude Law is so handsome that I actually said what the fuck as I was watching it it's just so patently unfair and Jude now Law. For- unfortunately uh, your partner <laughs> will be Chris Tucker for this mission <laughs> You two aren't going to get along at all. Uh, and now, one that uh, Parker has ensured is a future episode. God, I don't want to rewatch this. Hang on, let's let's slow down now. Let's not Armageddon. Oh, Hell oh yeah, 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 yeah let's yeah, go. Okay. Let's yeah, fucking right. go. Yeah, you're Dude. right. I did say that. I meant it. Dude, this movie uh, two of fucking us have said it sucks. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. It's, this is why everyone hated Michael Bay. This is Pearl Harbor. Can you fucking blame him? Oh my like, god. It's, it's worse than Pearl Harbor, right? Can we? Yeah, that's... Well, this it's is longer than I, Pearl Harbor, I, somehow. I, I, I call this uh, worse than Pearl Harbor, but you could convince me one way. Parker, it's like the Terminator thing. Whichever one you saw last is the worst one. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> this, is, this is alarmingly bad. This is... There's so many pedophilia jokes 
thinking that pedophilia is a funny thing. It's like a character quirk. <laughs> it's just Steve Buscemi's trait is he is the team pedophile. That's his superpower. He fucks kids. <laughs> <laughs> we can't find anyone else to drill on the moon. We gotta yeah. keep him up there. Yeah. So but... Bruce Willis, is a, on the mission. Bruce Willis is an overprotective father. He shoots Ben Affleck <laughs> with a gun. <laughs> oh, this is this is bad. Uh, apparently, uh, you want to hear some trivia here. There's some interesting trivia. Apparently, uh, NASA managers, when they're going through manager training, one of their assignments is to watch this movie and make a, a list of how many mistakes there are. <laughs> There's a lot. That sounds annoying. Yeah, uh, sir. I'm Alex, trying to go to the moon. Get this cinema yeah. sense bullshit out of my face. <laughs> yeah, Alex. Uh, what of the uh, what? Are the, what are the things that you mentioned about this? Is uh, the crew who has to go to the moon and drill? Uh, one of their demands to save the world <laughs> is they want all of their taxes uh, explained. They want ever want to pay taxes ever again. I didn't laugh I so hard. At, Michael Bay, dude. I, I didn't laugh so hard at that because, like, I could understand. At, at that point, I understood the tone of the movie because they were just being like, "Oh, they're just blue collar guys." But what if there's a band that's like, uh, "Okay, so like, I have a bunch of parking tickets, eh?" And I was like, kind of hoping that like maybe you could like take care of them or something, eh? Like they're, they're really doing shit like that, and I'm like, "Why are you throwing in bits here?" There, you know, there was a bit that just didn't make sense to me. It felt like something out of the fucking Three Stooges. Uh, Except, like, worse, it was, uh, Michael Clark Duncan is in there, and they're doing, like, uh, physicals for everyone, and at one point, uh, a woman comes up to him and says, uh, you're obese, you have very high cholesterol, and he starts bellowing, and he tears off all his clothes until he's in a leopard-spotted bikini, and he's just, like, going, ah! Ah! And they're just like, we're gonna send these guys to the moon? I'm just like, what the hell am I looking at? Anyway, uh, Ben Affleck gets the girl in the end, and they kiss. You like play the, the song. song? I know you have the song on your soundboard. Just I play it. Let's quit, okay. quit dancing around here. This is my fight song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Anyway, um, slam dunk. <laughs> so we get twenty-one guns for the asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I kind of hoped it would. Uh, Okay, I got I got this. It's called Deep Impact. It's a better movie. I'm aware of what Deep Impact is. So this next one is one I never have Deep Impact. (laughs) This next one is uh, the main feature. This is the one I really want to talk about. If we had to put this off for like another week, I would have just cut everything else and just talked about Apt Pupil, a movie from the list. Jesus Christ. Dude. Now, folks, if you're listening to this at home, I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and Google, whether it's on your phone or laptop or device, Google the poster for Apt Pupil. Look at that thing with that little kid wearing, like, the, the motorboard and the tassel and everything. Look at that guy behind him in the Nazi SS uniform. That's my good friend and uh, musical associate, Ian McKellen. <sighs> so... I'll, I'll go ahead and give you basically like the fast points. My letterbox here is like I I saw that poster and I saw it was on the list. And I was just like, oh, this should be funny. This I'll, I'll talk about this on the podcast. I do some more research. That kid, he's fourteen years old, and this was directed by Brian Singer. Yeah. Parker? Oh well. <laughs> yeah. And you're thinking, oh whoa, what else? It was based on a short story or maybe novella by Stephen King. Uh oh. What could possibly happen here? 
basic story is uh, the kid is obsessed with World War II. That's never a good sign because we know how they can develop for some people. She's a fan of the era. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Specifically. This, is, this is not good. And it's just the uh, iconography. And yeah, he gets an A-plus on his project about the Nazis and says the research hasn't ended yet. So he goes to <laughs> he goes to the library, which kids don't do. <laughs> and, I'll say. Uh, yeah, he's just, <laughs> he's just <laughs> unless JFK's in town. And then he's uh, he's reading through books about the Nazis and stuff like that. He gets on the bus, and he sees Ian McKellen. Old man Ian McKellen in regular clothes, and he's just staring daggers at him, saying, I have seen this man before. I have seen this man in these books of Nazis. I think this man is a secret Nazi. And uh, he goes over to Ian McKellen's house, and says, hey, uh, Mr. McKellen, I loved you as Magneto. I think you were a Nazi. And Ian McKellen's just like, uh, nah-uh. And the kid says, yeah, huh. And Ian McKellen says, oh, he got me. So, turns out, he wasn't just a Nazi. He pulled the levers at Bergen-Belsen. So, kind of involved with the whole thing. And uh, the kid says, ah, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to blackmail you. Uh, if you don't do as I say, then I'm going to tell everyone in the whole neighborhood that you used to be a Nazi. I'll make it hard for you to buy ice cream at the supermarket, huh? And uh, Ian McKellen's like, all right, what do you want me to do? And the kid says, teach me your ways. And uh, he, he, the kid is so interested in the Nazis, he wants to know more. It's like, what did it smell like in the concentration camps? You know, really sick shit. And at this point, this is going to sound weird. The movie's a little too good to, for me to make jokes about because I can see what Stephen King was trying to do here. Basic idea is he was trying to say that this Nazi who did all these terrible things and was probably being at least subliminally haunted by his past war crimes is now being forced to relive them by this kid. He's being forced to answer for his crimes in this way. And then things go off the rails because... Um, the kid, I don't know where he finds this. I don't think he finds this in uh, the attic, but I, he finds a Nazi SS uniform somewhere and gives it to Ian McKellen and says, hey, wear this. Now. Or Schnell. And uh, Ian McKellen's just like, I don't like wearing this. I don't want to remember this. I feel bad about it. And the kid says, march! March in place! It's just like, I want to see what the march looked like. And Ian McKellen gets way too into it, and this, like, terrifying music plays in the background as Ian McKellen is, like, marching up and down and doing the Heil salute and moving to the left and right, and it looks so fucking stupid. And then, I guess Ian McKellen has relived too much of his past, because then he turns on the oven and tries to bake his cat, and, uh, that's fucking silly. The kid that's is studying dumb. Nazism so hard that he can't get an erection anymore when a girl tries to blow him. <laughs> which is uh okay yeah you you lost me <laughs> see this is one of the what that sounds like something parker would like make up about this no that's real that's a Don't that's worry. a real fucking we're gonna thing. make just, sure uh your stories are told tastefully <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just I don't understand why they made a whole last movie about the average 4chan poster. <laughs> and anyway, so the kid is uh he's he's so stressed out by his Nazi blackmail plan that he's uh, bad at basketball. Uh then Ian McKellen <laughs> <laughs> then Ian McKellen <laughs> blackmails the kid back and says, "Hey, I'm going to tell everyone that you're really into Nazis. That's going to make it hard for you to get a date anyway." 
and uh, the kid's like, "All right." The kid's like, "All right, what, what is do you this fucking hey hey if, hey babysitter? I, I'm gonna tell mommy and your boyfriend over if you don't let me eat all the ice cream." What the <laughs> fuck is this? And then and then uh, the kid's like, "All right, Ian McKellen, Nazi Ian McKellen, what do you want me to do?" And Nazi Ian McKellen says, "I want you to study math at my place, and this time you got to get straight A's because like your education's important." <laughs> I'm not making that up. God. And he's it comes to this kid like pouring over his textbooks while the Optimus music plays again, <laughs> and he gets straight A's on his next report card. And the kid's like, "Oh, this isn't fair! I was blackmailing you first, and then the 75 year old man tells the 16 year old boy, don't you see? We are fucking each other.' Parker, who's the director on this again?" Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk one, about it. There'd be one brain singer. Uh, so, <laughs> I guess uh, Ian McKellen gets too used to the way that the uh, the SS uniform fits on his bodice, and he's like trying it up in his uh, room with the window open, and a homeless guy sees him, and is like, "What the fuck?" And then the homeless guy sees him again on the bus, and starts like giggling at him, like, "That guy's a Nazi." <laughs> And uh, so the Nazi lures him to his house and then tries to kill him, but has a heart attack in the middle of the murder, calls up the kid and says, hey, could you, like, do me a solid? The kid comes by, finishes the murder, then brings Ian McKellen to the hospital, who's recovering from a heart attack, but unfortunately he's put in the same room as one of the Holocaust survivors who who recognizes him. Who recognizes it's like him? A and it's fucking like, waiting he's... room in Beetlejuice. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he's like pressing the button, trying to call a nurse. Like that guy next to me did some bad things. And uh, <laughs> oh, and while this is going on, uh, the kid's guidance counselor, uh, who's played by David Schwimmer in a really shitty mustache, like, <laughs> oh man, that is like, sucks. hey, I'm hey, back kid. in. <laughs> he's like, hey, kid. Uh, you know, maybe cool up with the Nazi stuff, and the kid's like, oh, fuck that, I'm gonna blackmail you with bogus pedophilia charges. You were trying to deal with my beautiful type boy hole, and, and David Schwimmer just... Now gets, we get to why Brian Singer made this movie. <laughs> and David Schwimmer gets kind of, like, annoyed and just leaves. And then Ian McKellen dies, Typical and Ross. the movie ends. So the next movie that I watched was... <laughs> I like the idea of the fucking elder Nazi being like, hey, kid. You gotta study. We gotta. <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> Parker, this is this reminds me of one of the movies that you would have written about for terribleblock.net, which would have been one of the most electric articles on the oh, internet. Do I reach this kid? <laughs> I could forget reading, writing, and. Reichstag? Reading, writing, and Reichstag, I guess? That would be it? I don't think that's correct, Mr. Oh, well, he's doing the (laughs) Seek Isle again. Seems into it. And it seems like I'm into it, too. (laughs) Now the the card is in my hand. I'll tell everyone that you like Nazis and then no girl will kiss you. He's like, ha it won't work on me. My dick won't get hard because I like Nazis. That was a scene. I'm not kidding. That was one of the scenes. He couldn't get an erection. Parker, please, please do not talk about cards in hands yet. Oh, God. Jesus. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. So the next thing I watched. Hey, folks, you ever hate Jews so much your dick doesn't work anymore? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right in butts at terribleblog.net. Tell Dude, me about I, here. <laughs> I, I, I know that, Parker, I have not perhaps sold this movie as best I could have, but I think you would have a very funny time at least talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Sounds yeah. Like a laugh riot. You, you pull the switch where? Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> 
I was gonna say, it's a really good thing that the Nazi uniform fit and it wasn't Chris Farley's. <laughs> that guy in a little coat. Just... <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, alright. So, uh, next thing I watched is one that Parker had told me by a text, oh, dude, you should watch this. You'd really enjoy it. And I'm like... Mm, I... I don't remember telling anyone to enjoy no, it. No, 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 not because not I know pupil. not at pupil. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> kick back, open up a Voodoo Ranger. No, 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 no. No, no. This next one is what he said, hey, check this out via text. Uh this one's not on the list, thank God. This is a movie I had heard about constantly, because this is a very popular movie. And I always thought, ah, it's probably just not for me. And lo and fucking behold, I loved I borderline adored 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. And uh, allow me to explain. It's not just like the 90s nostalgia. Hey, I guess that's like part of it. And it's not just like the pretty decent performances, which uh, decent is maybe the best word to describe it. It's the fact that five minutes in, I realized, oh, this is just an adaptation of my favorite Shakespeare play, The Taming of the Shrew. And it's done so well. Like, that's... It realized... It, it shows... How do I put this? It... It's a good way to show that Shakespeare is timeless and that the funny situations that he developed all those years ago are still funny today. And it does a great job with it. I love Larry Miller in this. I love Heath Ledger in this. I love uh, that one girl. Uh, I I think uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's very good in this. I will say that there are a couple of moments where actors clearly flub lines and they just keep on going. Uh, I think that this is actually a pretty decent romance. It's not you know sensational but like it's kind of cute i like these characters it's very funny uh and i i like the fact that it kind of uses a shotgun approach for jokes it's just trying to tell as many jokes as possible and not all of them work but uh, a lot of them do and when they do work they work very well and i care about these characters and i care about the way that they work so one of the most pleasant surprises for movies was 10 things i hate about you i have not seen that movie in probably 15 years but I can just vividly recall the scene where she's in class and she's like, no, no, I'm actually really excited. And he just stares at her and goes, get the hell out of my class. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> she yeah. her out. I think my favorite part is uh, when uh, she's like doing the one of her bitch fests about like, oh, this is just the white man's privilege talking about whatever fucking bullshit. And the black teacher's just like, exactly, what would you know about oppression? And the two white boy Rasta guys with uh, white boy dreadlocks go, yeah, I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. I laugh fucking it. so hard at that shit. That's Parker. The Parker. That's why I texted you. We should get white boy Rasta dress. We absolutely should. <laughs> We're all take any and all hair at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Next one is a uh, disappointment. So Paul Rubens died. Who cares? And everyone kept saying, uh, <laughs> "Cue it up." <laughs> Everyone kept saying, oh, he was so good in Mystery Men. No, oh, he God. wasn't. Why would you do that? Of a movie I haven't seen since I was a kid. Holy yeah, keep boy. it that way. Let me tell you about I a movie that... On. I can't even say it's like, it hasn't aged well because it wasn't good to start with. <laughs> Look, I, I will give the positives here. I can tell that people are trying very hard for a very bad script. And... Uh, you know, that's about it. Look, this movie's just not very good. Uh, Paul Rubens, his superpower is farting. Ha ha ha. Uh, why is William H. Macy a superhero? That man can't be a superhero. Look at him. I, it's 
this isn't funny. It doesn't work. It's so it, it's so cramped. Uh, it, it's so overloaded with jokes that don't have any time to breathe, or and they're not set up to begin with. I think this is very, very poor. And it's a shame because I think that superhero movies, they need satire. They need parody. They need people to laugh at them every once in a while. And instead we get this, this is bad. This is just bad. I, I don't like Mystery Men. I, that's a movie that I saw once in my life when I was like 10 and I remember laughing at exactly one joke and it was when William H. Macy opens the door and in the background you can see a gun cabinet full of shovels that's a good bit yeah. <laughs> that's a bad idea there you go there's one for you alright uh, oh, two from the list uh, one is very boring Parker you have this on, I'm not going to talk about this for more than five seconds Parker you have this on your watch list it's called Stigmata that's where you get like the holes in the things for when Jesus crucified. Stigma yeah. balls. <laughs> it's it's just more. Uh, there's just nothing to it. I figure this is the reason yeah. I haven't never gotten to it. If if you want to watch Stigmata, take your hand away from the search button and instead uh, just put on End of Days because End of Days is better. It's got Arnold. Man, I I was thinking about that movie recently. Yeah. <laughs> did we do End of Days? I think we did. I think so. I'm pretty sure we did. All right, next one is much better. It's the House on Haunted Hill remake from uh, 1999. This has Chris Kattan. But more importantly, Jeffrey Rush. Now, I've seen Jeffrey Rush in a couple movies, most notably Pirates of the Caribbean, where he plays, uh, was it Captain Barbosa? was a character's And name? also Mystery Men, question mark, I think. Wait, oh, I think he was? Ah, yeah, but I don't remember who he played in that. that would have I put uh, a gun to my head, good yeah. tell anybody. <laughs> Well, good news. He's way better in House on on Haunted Hill because he's doing the same Captain Barbosa like performance, but without the voice and without the beard, and I guess without the hat and the ghost monkey. That seems like I'm taking away a lot from the character. Trust me, I'm not because he is better in this than Vincent Price was in the original. Throwing that one down here because I strongly believe it. He is so much fun in this. He is so hammy, and it's so over the top. Basic idea is a uh, rich guy and fights a whole bunch of people. It is bitch cunt fucking wife to uh to this haunted house and if you can make it out by uh sundown you get one million dollars uh but it's haunted by ghosts from an insane asylum or some dumb bullshit it's it, it works specifically because of jeffrey rush everything else is just like eh, you know whatever but with him you're just like hey that's pretty interesting you weren't so. scared of the fake out VR roller coaster <laughs> in the opening scene. That was the dumbest <laughs> shit. <laughs> so good. You know, like, oh, I'm in good hands. <laughs> it's a nonstop thrill ride. You're right, yeah. All right, next one is a movie that apparently no one watched back in 1999. This is the first Jim Carrey project that completely failed. This is called Man on the Moon. Jim Carrey, uh, it's a biopic of, um, uh, oh, what was his name? Uh, the Kaufman, Andy Kaufman, and I. This is one of the ones where I didn't do a lot of research beforehand. I like skimmed his Wikipedia, but I have never watched like a YouTube video of Andy Kaufman. So for all I know, Jim Carrey did a pitch perfect impression, and uh, from what I hear, yeah, his impression is a little too good. This is apparently the movie that drove Jim Carrey insane. Now, I know I like Jim Carrey a bit more than you guys do. I think the same thing applies to Robin Williams. Uh, I do think that this is a good measured performance. Uh, there's a really heartstruck uh, third act where uh, Eddie Kaufman is dying of cancer. And 
I think that's valuable to the movie because if it wasn't for that act, I don't think I'd like this movie very much because I don't think Andy Kaufman's bits were very funny. I get them. I understand. I understand where he was going for, and there are a couple points in there. Where I'm like, oh, that could be funny if he did more of it. But basically, he was he was trolling the whole time. There, there's a scene in the movie where he's like, so this uh, his agent asked him. So this whole bit is just annoying everyone else it's just funny to you and this other guy he's like yeah i'm like wow i made a podcast out of that and uh i get it i uh to an extent i respect it i think we need people like that i i think we need people to sort of push the bounds of comedy and you know see where the boundaries are and he found where the boundary is and he went beyond it uh it went into the pro wrestling thing with jerry lawler this would be a lot more interesting to me if i cared about such childish nonsense um, there has been some criticism that uh, this movie is not kind enough to Andy Kaufman, that he had a bit more control over things and he really understood what he was doing and this was all a big, you know, social experiment or something like that. I don't care about that. What I do like about this is his alter ego, Tony Clifton, a lounge singer, who he claimed was a real person. It's, he's doing this parody of this obnoxious like lounge singer who's a horrendous singer. And a horrendous person as well. And I don't know why I laughed at this so hard, but he's in a nightclub, and he's got his, his fingers up to conduct the uh, the orchestra, and it's dead silent in there. And he's like, quiet! Like, and like, I don't know why. Like, it kind of cracked me up. I was like, I'm an artist. I want to be interrupted. And then he does it again, and it's, again, completely silent. says, that better. And for some reason, Tony Clifton worked on Everyone else hated him, but people like the Andy Kaufman. He was on the show Taxi, which I never watched. I don't put that on the Game of Games, and we could watch the no. Taxi. No, <laughs> do not do that. Uh, a lot of famous performers in here. A lot of people who uh, even play themselves at points. It's. I think it's a good movie, but your mileage may definitely vary. Have you guys seen Man on the Moon? No one did. No. Yeah, it's based on. <laughs> it's. I. I'm, it's based on an REM song. I don't like REM very much. I don't know. That's that's unfortunate. You'll get there. Yeah, I guess. Uh, they're not right. Every clip I've ever seen of Andy Kaufman annoyed the shit out of me, so I didn't yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah. Also, Andy Kaufman is part of the reason I went back to the dermatologist, because I saw the two moles on his face, and I was like, uh, uh, uh. So, Fight it. Fight yeah, it. I, know. I just, I just, I, I love, I love that you hate when Andy Kaufman does it, but love when Tom Green does it. It's different. No, it's not. It's very, it's very absolutely different. not. See, actually, I, I was thinking about that. And I think that God there is th- no, there is something of a delineation between uh, Tom Green and uh, Andy Kaufman. I do think that there is a sense of uh, trolling the audience to an extent, but I think that mostly comes across in um, uh, well, it was the Freddie got fingered, and I think that I can understand that, but that was also a satirization of something, whereas. What Andy Kaufman was doing was kind of aimless. He was just... I, I, I don't really understand. I, I, the movie kind of says that this is a lot of... Uh, based on his childhood, to an extent. Like, based on the howdy-doody puppet shows that he was. And he was actually trying Doody. to go for that. It's not that funny. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe I just don't understand him all that much. Alright, <laughs> next one. Um... I got to see Old Boy at the Alamo Draft House. That was a really fun moment. I really liked the the person sitting next to me. I'm not going to play the music for him, but they had never seen the movie before. And as soon as he had credits rolled, he yelled out, "What the fuck was that?" Uh, which reminded <laughs> <laughs> which reminded me of uh, Gabby. 
her her boyfriend made her sit down and watch Play uh, the music. Old... <laughs> <laughs> her boyfriend made her sit down and watch Old Boy. And uh, Alex, before you ask which one, it's the Park Chan Wook reel. I so, wasn't gonna. Don't worry. You made me watch the other one. Old boy. Did I? I, I thought Joe yeah. Burrow. I thought. <laughs> no, you made me. I thought watch Parker it. made you watch that. But that seems like something I would do. That's a coin flip. Anyway, uh, I, I remember it was Alex. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I look, honestly I, forgot there was a remake. So yeah, I uh, look. I still love Old Boy, but the bo- most important thing about Gabby watching it is uh, David took before and after pictures of her, and she, her face upon finishing Old Boy is one that's going to stick with me for a while. It's so really I like good that. Bit, actually, I respect yeah. that. Anyway, I double featured it and had uh, five beers in between, and then I watched uh, at the Alamo. They were showing it again. Dune. 1984, the David Lynch version that everyone hates. <laughs> oh, buddy. And I'm the only one who kind of likes it. I think that there is some value. Uh, it's not a perfect movie. It's obviously not as good as the Dead's Villain version. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you also say it like they say Lollapalooza. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, it's just going to be Dead's Villain. <laughs> Dennis V. Yeah. Uh, I... I, I kind of like uh, David Lynch's doing it. Even David Lynch doesn't like this version, so am I just wrong about it? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but look, I, I just remember we saw the new Dune in theaters. We came home like, oh, there's this old version of David Lynch and it's the whole book. And I was more confused after having <laughs> a three-hour prologue to it than I would have been a lot. The movie is baffling. It, it's it's okay if you don't like that movie. Everyone hates David Lynch's dude, except for me. I'm the no, only one who watches it. I'm confused. Because like, okay. I get to the point of the movie, I'm like, okay, this is what we saw, so everything after this is new. It'll be in part two. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, what the fuck is anyone talking about? How did we get here? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's a weird movie, but uh, there are some parts I kind of like. I don't know. Uh, next one, and this is one that's like special for me. I went to the Alamo, and they were showing one of my favorite movies that girl Alex introduced me to, Drop Dead Gorgeous. I fucking love Hell this yeah. I really love this movie. Let me tell you, here, let me sell this movie to you. This is the only movie I've ever seen that made tap dancing look cool. Uh, I, I don't know about the crowd. I, the crowd didn't seem as into it as I was. Uh, I was laughing so hard that I was like doubled over in pain when they were talking about that that old uh, librarian who used to she was like the dairy queen of 1945 but they were they were in a war with the Japs and they had to melt out her tiara for scrap metal <laughs> god it fucking rules that there's someone else out there on a podcast like this guy sitting next to me would not stop fucking hee haw laughing <laughs> as I've said before <laughs> as I've said before if you can't find the sucker at the table <laughs> <laughs> wait a second I'm the only one doing the De Niro laugh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, wait, that reminds me. Uh, that guy who had never seen Old Boy before, uh, I should have known that he would react that way because we got, a re- we got a Red Band trailer, and the guy went, oh, shit. And it was for the Equalizer 3. <laughs> Bro, the amount of fucking fake movie posters outside Cinemark. <laughs> an Equalizer 3 poster next to Expendables 4. Like, who... That's not real. Fuck you. That's not coming out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Drop Dead Gorgeous to me is pretty easily my favorite mockumentary. I, I really like everything. I think it's so much better than um, 
Uh, this is Spinal Tap, which I'll submit. I haven't seen it in a while, but this one, uh, I think it's pitch perfect. I really like Lona Williams' writing. Uh, Allison Janney, I gotta start following her career more, except for the West Wing. I don't want to watch that. Don't put it on. She's well, she's the best part of the West Wing. I knew it. What it's worth. She is, is so that, fucking good. She's, dude. Is, is if she's not be, your favorite character on the West Wing, you're doing it wrong. But is that gonna be part of the game of games? I think it is. Fuck. I'm just gonna pick it for myself every week. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I. I she, she. Obviously, she won the Academy Award for I Tanya, and very much well deserved in that. She was in uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. So if you're trying to get your your Janny, then uh, watch her in that. Kirsty Alley, uh, even and especially, was good in Dropped Dead Gorgeous. Kirsten Correct. Dun- yeah. I. <laughs> uh, one thing about Kirsten Dunst, who is very good at Drop Dead Gorgeous, by the way. She's sensational. One thing I did not like was uh, the Alamo Draft House played uh, as part of their pre-show. I was like, oh, are they going to do like any special things about it? It was just mostly Kirsten Dunst saying, it's like, look, she was a child actress. I'm like, yeah, sort of. Pillsbury Doughboy commercials don't count. I don't care. She did some sort of uh, video in Japan for a cover of Turning Japanese by The Vapors, and she was like lip-syncing it. And she was kind of dressed as like a Sailor Moon sort of thing. And oh already, God, I'm not... they call it turning regular there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> I think it's just called turned food. Anyway, uh, and... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, <Mark. laughs> that was really good. <laughs> what bothered me is. Uh, it's not so much the fact that I was uh, seeing her dresses like you know the, the skirt and everything. By the way, Parker, guess who I was sitting next to? You already know. Why <laughs> 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 don't you just sit somewhere else? <laughs> so anyway, you know I don't, I'm going to talk to her one of these days. <laughs> I'm going to say like, "What's your name?" I keep talking about you on the show, and she's going to be like, "I know <laughs> what." <laughs> you have what, a bothered, link? <laughs> what bothered what bothered me is all these different shots of Japan. At one point clearly showing that she's standing by graffiti of gratuitous hentai and i mean uncensored and i'm looking around like what the fuck is this that's, that's japan i mean i you know what i i've been there once and i didn't see you go that. to india you poop in the street like it's just it's I, <laughs> that's the same way i feel about gratuitous hentai Graffiti. The kids are walking around. <laughs> so I didn't like that very much. Stepped in that hentai. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cold open. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, also, uh, just one more shout out here. Hey, Will Sasso's in this movie. Oh, okay. And also, I, uh, <laughs> playing the woman next to you. <laughs> Amy Adams. This is her first performance, and she's one of the best parts of the movie. Brittany Murphy was in. <laughs> So Brittany Murphy was in this, and the two women next to me, who I knew had seen this uh, before, I had heard them talk about it before the movie started. As soon as Brittany Murphy was on screen, they both went, "Oh," because they remembered that, that she died. Also. So thank you. Um, Chris, the woman next to you, did they let them count the votes? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I like that about this audience, that this audience was loose enough that they didn't go, oh, <laughs> at every single retard joke. And there's a lot of retard jokes in this. There oh, sure are. are. Here's the one I forgot about. I forgot about the Japanese jokes. Whoa. <laughs> forgot about that. In case you don't remember, uh, one of the uh, perfor- uh, uh, contestants, she's adopted by two Japanese people, and they're speaking, like, actual English the entire time, to the extent you're just like, come on. I know that's not how they actually talk. I can tell that they're doing voices here. 
and uh, that's a little uncomfortable, but the whole time you're just like, I, it's going to get worse, so who cares? It was a different era. It's fine. <laughs> also, actually, you know what made it okay is her, the Japanese father says retard, so double negative, we're in the clear. Uh, also, Denise Richards, who is one of her better performances, 29 years old, playing a 17-year-old. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I liked it. I uh, I fucking love Drop Dead Gorgeous. It's great. Uh, only other thing to talk about is uh, I've been watching more Hey Arnold, and that's a show about characters. I love the characters on there. Helga, Arnold, Stinky, Grandpa, Grandma, they're all great characters. Here's a character no one talks about. Harold's dad. I fucking love Harold's dad. Because... <laughs> I don't know, dear. Maybe he could stand to you know, lose a few pounds or something like that. He sounds like fucking Simon from Frisky Dingo. Just mumbling the whole time. <laughs> Alex, what did you watch? Uh, one more thing on Drop Dead Gorgeous, quick. Please do. I, I feel like Parker might be able to relate to this story specifically. Uh, as somebody else that watched probably 500 different movies on Comedy Central while flipping through channels back in the day. Uh Drop Dead Gorgeous is the only movie that I ever started watching on Comedy Central that I got, like, truly sucked into and was mad when the commercial started. So, uh, that's probably the nicest thing that I can say about a movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, like, I, that's a movie that the first time I watched it, I had no idea how good it was going to be. So, I'm completely with you on everything you said. Although, I think it's a real 1A and 1B for Best Mockumentary with that and Best in Show. Oh, Best in Show is definitely up there. I I, I cannot I take anything away. Again. Yeah, uh, Parker, I mentioned that to you recently, and like, Best in Show and Drop Dead Gorgeous, two movies um, that I know my mother would have fucking loved. She would have gone like head over heels for both those movies. I can't stop thinking about the opening joke in Best in Show where they talk about the dog saw them having sex and it pans over to the dog has the most depressed look on its face. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the fucking funniest things I've ever seen. I think that's the joke I think about more than anything else from Best in Show. That and that little Bumblebee toy. (laughs) I think about that Bumblebee toy on a daily basis with my dog. And that woman having like a full on nuclear reactor meltdown that they have the wrong bee toy. <laughs> the fucking bodega they fucking panic shot. I love that movie. Yeah. You're, can you see you're stressing the dog out and like about to hit each other? <laughs> Fred, oh, oh, the other one I talk about is uh, Fred Willard talking about, you know I can bench press 300 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so can I, just in case my uh, uh, dermatologist is like, if you're still listening, Sorius and retard so much. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, no. babe. Oh, you heard my show. Yeah. So you like Stigmata? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> well, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery man, huh? Well, see ya. <laughs> I should stop posting the rundown for like all the episodes for you know each movie that we watch because people who are going to see Stigma be like, oh. <laughs> it is really funny when you have like Stigmata thirty four minutes, Mystery Men thirty four minutes. Like... It always cracks me up. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> it's my favorite. I, I don't know what the shortest we've ever talked about a movie is, but I think I got it down to like one second at one point. <laughs> 
It was like Parker it's saying, like, ah, I watched this, I didn't really care. <laughs> it's like the podcast version of those Indonesia mentioned memes on Twitter. <laughs> it shows you letterbox you watch this. I guess. Anyways. <laughs> if you insist. I'll take your word for it. No. <laughs> Alright, well, I've only got a couple things to talk about here. Um half of which aren't even movies because uh <laughs> while prepping for this episode and finding out that <laughs> there was a mentalist on hard knocks i was immediately <laughs> like it's time to watch the first episode of hard knocks of my life mercifully they put him right at the beginning it's unbelievably good and then i watched six hours of youtube clips of o's the mentalist <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I watched so much fucking mentalism, dude. <laughs> How did it affect you? I, we're lucky that we have you in one piece. <laughs> I, it's so funny because he's done this with a bunch of different teams. Uh, so there's like a bunch of clips of just, uh, you know, NFL teams losing their fucking shit while he just like pulls the king of spades out of Kevin Zeitler's bicep. Like it's, 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 it's sick. He's fucking awesome. There's no but, way uh, Belichick um, has this. That's not the Patriot way. There's, but, but, you know, there's also like a bunch of like him just like, you know, on, you know, Good Morning America or SportsCenter or something, which I, there's a lot of funny reactions from famous people, but easily the best is Michelle Beadle treating him like that lady on the plane. Just like, no, nah, fuck this. I'm out of here. Uh, no, no, <laughs> that's, that, that's my favorite shit. <laughs> it's, it's so good. So what's she his official title? So is, he just like, is he just like sports mentalist? Is that like, no, he's, so he was originally on America's Got Talent, uh, mm-hmm. There, there are compilations on YouTube of all his America's Got Talent bits, and they're fantastic. Uh, it's probably like 30, 40 minutes. Like, start there if you want to watch this guy do mentalism. But, uh, I, I mean, after a while, like, you see, like, the eight or nine tricks over and over, you know, you know like, kind of what he's doing. I mean, yeah. not, you don't know how he's doing it. Um, <laughs> hold on. Let me, uh, I, I was talking to friend of the program, Repick, about this, and he had a fantastic quote about mentalism. Let me, let me find this real quick. <laughs> I watch the Penn and Teller show and the only thing they hate more than government overreach is mentalists <laughs> I believe that <laughs> add that add that to the game again yeah. <laughs> that's our libertarian perspective of the night that is actually a great idea for the game of games uh, filing that one away um, oh no yeah, no, it turns out I fucking love all magic, but I especially love mentalism, and I'm just going to keep going down this YouTube rabbit hole until I run out. Uh, you cannot hypnotize me into taking the cardinal. It's not going <laughs> to That's what I want you to You are think. getting very sleepy. <laughs> oh. uh, hey, Chris, because I know Parker hasn't. Have you seen the four and a half hour Gettysburg movie? I... No, unless you're talking about uh, the the documentary about the Civil War, Ben Burns. No, no, no. Um, no, I don't think I have seen that. A, uh, I'll, I'll open this up to both of you. Um, let me give you a year on this movie first. Sorry for being unprepared and unprofessional. All right, 1993, this came out. Just start firing guesses at me for who played Robert E. Lee. Uh, oh, uh, oh. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis. No. Robert De Niro. No. Did this... Was this like a TV movie or like a miniseries? Um, so they initially shot it to be a miniseries and then repurposed it into a four and a half hour movie. 
Um, it is just to to talk about the movie for a second. It's you can you can very much tell that it was originally shot for TV. However, I think that's an asset, not a hindrance, when you're talking about a movie about the Civil War, because there's a lot of you know reenactors. Uh, you see a lot of you know close-up cannon shots and crane shots of dudes running at each other and like that's kind of what i want you you kind of want a movie like this to feel like that um i'll give you a hint on the robert e lee thing uh multiple famous sons oh oh no (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) martin sheen as robert e lee is uh something i wasn't ready for this might be in my future uh, so it's quite good, um, especially if you're into this sort of thing. Uh, and if you are into this sort of thing and you watch this and enjoy it, just know that there is a follow-up prequel called Gods and Generals, which is all about Southern revisionism and everyone hates. So. <laughs> Parker had to watch this in school, so. <laughs> hey, you I ever, mean, uh, I don't like really care for the ending. It's very historically faithful in that it like tries to realistically present what the viewpoints on things were at the time uh it's it's weird to say this about a movie about the civil war but it feels like a fair movie like and not in a way of like you know oh it's saying the south had legitimate grievances or anything no it's just like like hey these were people and they fought for things and those things were bad but you know and and i think that it's for a movie that came out in 1993 it has the proper soft touch to not feel dated at this point other than the way it looks obviously but uh yeah yeah, strong recommend if you have five hours to kill and hate yourself you know by the way about the idea of fairness uh, easy to make jokes about that but also probably important to depict that sort of thing because people absolutely focus about that absolutely and as somebody that does know a lot about the civil war the little anecdotes and stuff that were in here the little touches it's if you're a nerd about this stuff you will also enjoy yourself Mm -hmm. Like, there was a Confederate general who wore a fucking flaming red shirt in the battle constantly. Has no voice lines in the movie, but you can see him walking around the background. You go, oh, look, it's A.P. Hill. Like, shit like that. It's, I appreciated it. Um, so I finally got around to seeing the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie yesterday. Oh. I fucking love that movie. Ooh. I think that movie is almost perfect. Um, and this is coming in a year that's had some very, very good animated movies. You know, Spider-Verse. I guess Post in Boots was December of last year. But, yeah, uh, yeah close enough. Uh, we can count it. Um, I will take this over any of them. I wow. think this movie is fantastic. Um, you know, one thing that I never thought about while watching Spider-Verse, because it's, you know, it's such an immersive experience and it looks so fucking good, is, like... I've never... All of the negative stigma around Marvel movies at this point, you kind of don't feel it when you're watching that movie. And then you watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, and you're like, oh, so this is Spider-Verse without the Marvel bullshit. I love this. Because it's it's very... The plot is very simplistic. I'm not going to pretend it's not. It's, you know, it's a movie that... It, it does try to split the difference between being for children and being for teenagers and being for adults. And I think it does a perfect fucking job of that. There's like, I don't know how well this movie's going to age because there's like a little bit too much in the pop culture reference department. However, I think most of them are really funny. For instance, you know, it's... Okay, let me say this before I continue. 
one of the best things about this movie is the depiction of the turtles themselves because they really 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 feel like teenagers in a way that's relatable whether you're a teenager now or you were a teenager 20 years ago like there's a point where because they they like they really would just want to be normal and they want to go to high school and they're like walking around the high school and uh michelangelo sees a sign for like improv signups and he's like i want to put my name on here we might be in high school in two weeks when this happens so he goes to sign it he's like oh we don't really have a last name that i don't know what to put for that i know i'll just split my name up and write michael angelo and then one of them starts snickering and goes <laughs> your name would be leonardo <laughs> nardo and they just they just <laughs> laugh at him. his last name being nardo for like 30 seconds to the point where like the joke would be too long if it wasn't fucking teenagers telling it this is exactly how they fucking act um there's another shot they're, they're having you know the april o'neill character uh, like hey you need to film everything we're doing you know so people realize that we're cool guys and they accept us and we get to be normal um and she like misses them shooting a fight scene or she misses shooting a fight scene at one point and so they're like no 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 you got to keep the camera at all the times all the cool stuff that we're doing and then it's just like followed by 20 seconds of teenagers just riffing and being stupid and she goes yeah i don't think this is gonna make anybody like you guys like <laughs> it's 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 very very well done in that respect the pop culture stuff this movie's probably gonna feel dated in 10 years for that reason because like there's a point where uh you know splinter's trying to keep him from going out in the real world he's like you guys gotta stay here humans are bad so he like tries to like throw them a party to you know with like all sorts of stuff from the human world to be like hey you know we have everything down here and he's got a fucking cardboard cutout of chris pine and a cardboard cutout of chris evans and a cardboard cutout of chris hemsworth and he's like doing the voices of, oh, i am chris pine i am the best chris and it's like that's not gonna age well but i don't care like it's funny like it's it worked on me um chris as you know i'm not a guy that recognizes voices ever in animated things i i just like it never really dawns on me so i will say that there is one voice in this movie that i recognized immediately because it's natasha demistrescu who sounds exactly like you expect her to sound in this movie i'm like oh, oh cool person's voice i know um i this movie's like 99 minutes you know again the plot's like pretty simplistic but you don't care it's it looks great you know i i know that we're nearing the point of not exhaustion but of saturation with these you know actual stylized animated movies that look good that don't look like the fucking super mario movie mm -hmm. um but i will say that one thing that i really liked about this one because this movie does feel like very very grimy and lived in for an animated movie which is a little bit surprising but like whenever there's a flashback it looks like it's like a fucking crayon drawing and i'm like that's a cute touch i really I like really like that yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that this needs to be seen in a theater because it doesn't and also if you go there will probably be kids there and nobody wants that uh, however everyone should see this it's really 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 good and I know all three of us snickered at the adult teenager Seth Rogen thing when all it was right. in the trailer uh, perfect description actually like kind of fucking nailed it like this is for a movie that is made by adults and partially is for adults, it really, really does feel like a teen movie in a lot of ways that are very good. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely see this one. I've uh, been putting it off every weekend. Yeah, same. See, yeah, same with me. And interesting thing here is, uh, Parker, I think you wrote a review of one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies for the blog, right? Years and years ago. Uh, 
don't remember doing that, but that's certainly possible. Cause... I could be wrong. I think I think it was the Michael Bay one or something, or I don't, oh, I don't even God, remember. I could be I could be completely wrong. Uh, and the last time I was into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was so long ago. I literally don't. I just remember my parents being I... like, "Oh yeah, you like the purple one," and I remember calling him the purple one to the point that Parker got actually mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I that is more recently than I've ever cared about this fucking idea. Yeah, I, would, I, I thought not it would be the same way. Yeah, you're not, like, a huge fan of the original cartoon, and I remember people saying, like, oh, yeah, the original cartoon was really good. Even I'm not curious enough to revisit that yeah. shit, okay? I don't want to see that. No, for the yeah. record, my only experience is that NES game that beat the shit out of me as a kid. That's a really tough game. I, That's really I don't think I ever watched an episode. I never had a toy. I don't yeah. I The, the toy I got was, uh, I got that at a churchyard scene. I have a lot. Yeah, I had Power Rangers. I didn't need right. Yeah, turtles. I, I could be thinking of someone else wrote the that review. Anything's possible. I also I'm could a... be thinking about that Power Rangers movie instead. It's same <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. I'm glad you guys brought up feeling the same way I did in that you know wanting to see it but you keep putting it off because as as I was leaving the theater, I really got to thinking about why that was, and. Here, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to open my AMC app, and I'm going to look at all of the movies that I've watched at AMC this year and just list them off. Now, granted, you know, some of these are end of 2022, but... Uh, Megan, Plane, Avatar The Way of Water, Puss in Boots, Creed 3, John Wick 4, Dungeons and Dragons, Air, uh, Kandahar. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a good one! I, I'm, 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 I'm skipping a couple here, obviously. Like, I'm skipping, like, Fast 10 and shit, but, like... You know, Spider-Verse, Mission Impossible, No Hard Feelings, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Talk to Me, Meg 2, Ninja Turtles. Like, this is an unbelievable year for theater movies. And I think there might actually be a little bit of fatigue setting in for people like us that have been going to the theater the whole time. I think that's because, a real like, possibility, yeah. Everything this year has been so good. Like, I mean, yeah, there have been bad movies that have come out, like... But even, like, I'm looking at the list, like, the movies that, like, shit, like, The Pope's Exorcist. Like, that's, like, the 20th, the 20th oh, most enjoyable movie that I've seen in theater this year. Guess what's on Netflix right now, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey. See, my thing about it is it's not just the movies this year that were good, but last year was one of the best years for movies on record. And I think that's continuing into this year. We've got so many great movies that, yeah, there could be a little bit of burnout, but also there's the fact that, like, everybody's seeing Barbie and Oppen. So I think... Some good movies are kind of slipping under the cracks. Now. Like, Mission Impossible is not making as much money as I would like, uh, and uh, I don't really have an excuse for uh, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I've been going to the Alamo and I'm seeing like stuff like Drop Dead Gorgeous that came out like over twenty years ago, almost. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's not that. I mean, I, I'm the same way. Like, I'll see fucking anything in a theater. Like, it, oh, it's playing at 10 p.m. on a Tuesday. Cool, I'm there. But, uh, um. I do think that, like, the, you know, the, the impetus to see it right away, you know, because there's been so much that's so good, I I, I can understand that for people like us. And yeah. for all the normies out there that are just getting back into seeing movies at the theater, because they went and saw Barbie at Oppenheimer at a great fucking time and forgot movies could be fun, like, you're in good hands right now. Like, mm -hmm. go see more of these movies. They're quite good. Um, one last thing to talk about... <laughs> Parker, I uh, I reported to you earlier in the week that uh, for some reason I was watching WrestleMania 19. I'm uh, very. I had this pulled up because if you tried to get past this segment without, I I was uh, getting ready for work and I woke up to a text just saying, "Hey, 
I'm watching WrestleMania 19, and I totally understand why you like this. That's not how you phrased it. It was much meaner. But... Correct. But uh, uh, I, I would like to issue an apology, because I was not actually watching WrestleMania 19. I was actually watching WrestleMania 17. Oh, dude. Parker. That's goaded, dude. <laughs> Parker. <laughs> would you like to refer to WrestleMania 17 by its actual government name that the WWE used when they put it on in April of 2001? Oh, you mean X7? Correct. You see, Chris, it's the Roman numeral X and the number seven. Oh, so oh cool, okay. <laughs> so let me start you off here. Uh, first WrestleMania to ever take place in Texas. It, it is. <laughs> so we see live from the Houston Astrodome, the first shot of this four hour wrestling pay-per-view is a bunch of pyrotechnics being set off indoors while My Way or the Highway plays. Yeah, dude. That's that's a good way to start. It is very, very good. We get to our first fight in which Chris Jericho fights uh, some guy named William Regal that I'm not familiar with, who is... uh, (laughs) They call him the commissioner, but he's British. And I've seen this pay-per-view a hundred times. <laughs> there is, there, you know, they, they do, like, the, the little, like, you know, the scripted, like, here's how this beef started before everything. Mm-hmm. At one point during which Chris Jericho pisses in his teapot and then he drinks tea. <laughs> Dude, the um, face he makes when he drinks that piss. It's so good. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's so good. <laughs> I, I really appreciate this because, like, all of the the kitschy bullshit is a thousand times better than I thought it would be. And all of the wrestling is a thousand times worse than I expected it's, it would dude, be. That's the thing that everyone talks about the attitude era. It's all on the network and Peacock. Go back and watch it. It fucking sucks. I, the matches like, are like, dog shit and always have shitty finishes. Does the big show do anything except be big? He's I like, mean, when, when I think I could wrestle better than that guy. Like unironically. Like, legitimately, most of the matches are absolute dog shit from that era. Unless you have the goat perk angle. That's different. <laughs> I, uh... The, the look of sheer joy on my face, again, as somebody that's never experienced this, when the second match of that is a tag team match where the villains are a group called The Right to Censor. Oh, yeah, dude. That's such a good gimmick. <laughs> I They would just come out that. every week and just, like, cover up all the hot babes and their boobs. Their <laughs> <laughs> fucking interest is just being that blaring-ass siren the entire <laughs> like, time. It's, it's so stupid. <laughs> I'm so glad you finally have seen. You understand now. Because imagine uh, being, like, 12 and just watching all this while Limp Biscuits play. Sounds unbelievable. <laughs> uh... They play My Way or the Highway at least five times during it's this pay per view. Like the official theme for this. Yes, pay-per-view. I I really love that whenever there is an entrance of any wrestler, a little graphic pops up in the bottom right that shows what track number it is on the official WWF soundtrack to WrestleMania. <laughs> that fucking yeah, olds, dude. It's so good. That that uh, sounds good. We get to our fourth fight of the night, where uh, the European Championship belt is being contested by noted European Eddie Guerrero, uh, <laughs> who who comes out comes out walking down the runway while his music plays. There's a crowd shot where a guy is holding up a sign that says "Eddie Guerrero mows my lawn." Which... Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Astrodome, baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is peak like uh, mullet and mustache, right? Yeah, that has to. Oh be. yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. What a better time. <laughs> we keep getting all of these cryptic teases in form of video of a guy getting really, really mad backstage and how he's gonna fight somebody. I, of course, not knowing anyone's faces, begin laughing uncontrollably when I find out that that's Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at one point, we get a fight between Shane McMahon and his dad, which uh, oh, that's he, right. I that would be around that era. That's yeah. right, the big fucking McMahon fight. Where, yeah. where Linda wakes up from her cat. She's. I was. State. Why is she a vegetable in this? <laughs> You'll have to watch Raw and find out. But oh my god, I, Parker, is that season of Raw going on the Game of Games? Look, I'm just saying, there's more than 18 Royal Rumbles. I'm just throwing that out there. Gravy. If you I've do seen just more the match, than I care like to an, admit. If, if you're doing just the match, it's like an hour. Just throwing that out there. You yeah. can start at like 1998. That can be our <laughs> week one. We can go from there. Yeah, Alex, this should this should all be like an effort to get you to watch Dark Star of the Ring if you haven't already. It's so fucking good. Hey, are you I, having a lot of fun? <laughs> You're ruining all that fun immediately. Yeah, uh, it sounds miserable. That's like, when we stopped watching fair, Royal Rumble. Yeah. It's like, oh, this Royal Rumble's from like 2003. <laughs> dead, dead, <laughs> dead, dead. Why she was dead. <laughs> why would I want to watch things that are going to make me sad when I can instead watch a pay-per-view that has something called the Gimmick Battle Royale? I, One look, in 2001 by none other than the Iron Sheik. Look, much Do you like want to you, know the uh, legitimate camera. reason why he won that? Because he's yes. so fucked up, he couldn't go over the top rope, so he just had to win it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, <laughs> because I only shared my knowledge of this character with you and not with Chris, I can now ask him, <laughs> right. Hey Chris, are you familiar with a gimmick WWE character that is just a guy in a giant turkey suit called the Gobbledygooker? <laughs> Man, waking up no! with that message really started my day. <laughs> you can't just make up wrestlers. Uh, apparently, apparently, because I I looked into this gimmick. Apparently, they teased this gimmick for months. Like yeah, having there was an a egg, humongous <laughs> egg, just a on big stage. egg, and like everyone was like, "I wonder what the egg is. I wonder what this could be." To which a giant turkey man hatched out of it was booed to shit and was not seen again until the gimmick Royal Rumble. Yeah, dude. That's real good. <laughs> the Gobby Gooker, of course, portrayed by Hector Guerrero in the worst thing that has ever happened to a Guerrero family ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I need to give Matt credit for his joke, sir. Um. <laughs> he'll, he's gonna do a fist pump when he hears that. Yeah, he's excited. gonna do the end of Breakfast Club. <laughs> I'm so happy. Like this is like this is... legitimately one of the biggest pay per views of all time. I'm so happy you fell this, into this ass this backwards. Is, it's unbelievable, dude. I uh, let me put it this way: the uh, the title fight in this is the Rock and Stone Cold, and it's like the 18th most memorable thing about it. It's so. I so I understand now. I'm sorry for calling you guys gay for years. I apologize. No, no, but also, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Isn't that the one with the fucking TLC match where they just all yes. die? Yes. Yes, it is. It's the yes, greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It is. A total of nine tables were destroyed in this match. Yeah, yeah dude. We Man. love to see it. 
What a good era. I I understand why all the fucking nerds online cling to this bullshit now. Like, I couldn't give less of a shit about who Kevin Owens is. I couldn't pick Sami Zayn out of a lineup. But I understand why you guys are just hoping this is going to get good again. Just when you again, say you watched, guys, oh. you mean Parker. I'm not included. I don't know who the fuck those two people are. There's, there's at least three people listening that watch wrestling. You know, yeah, I got to play sure. to the cheap seats. Yeah. That's a technique but, in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't watch the product now, but I understand. If you grew up with this, you're like... Let me check it and see if things have turned back around, because I know it's possible. I lived it. I mean, the little stuff there is, uh, those little moments are sometimes what hosts you. I mean, the, the fucking Dudley Boys. Okay, so. Oh my god, the Dudley Boys, dude. There is nothing I enjoy more than when they go off stage to go do some dumb bit in, like, the, the fucking bowels of an arena, and one of the wrestlers is just dragging a referee behind them so the fight still counts. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it works 100% of the time. It's so good. <laughs> this is... Honestly, we say that we deserve 9-11 a lot on this show, what? but you watch 15 minutes of this... We one million percent deserve 9-11. Oh, yeah. What the oh, fuck is this? A packed out Houston Astrodome. We exceeded the level of decadence we had earned. To watch I... the Dudley boys fall through seven tables. Remember when they crashed I... that old lady through a table? Fuck yeah, dude. I am saying, without the slightest hint of exaggeration, that WrestleMania 17 could have been an episode. Like, it's oh, yeah, 100%. so fucking good. It's legitimately like one of the most highly regarded events ever. <laughs> it's a humongous deal. Buddy, you pick a WrestleMania and you say, hey, we're doing that this week. I'm fucking locked in. I don't care. <laughs> Please, God. If there is nowhere to go but down from this one, then I'm good. <laughs> I keep thinking about this. Just to turn this back to a video game I played recently. You said, does a big show do anything other than be big? And I'm thinking about, <laughs> and I, I'm thinking about Hugo and Street Fighter Three. How his parry is just him pushing out his gut to deflect shots. <laughs> I'm thinking of no one can stop the great Kali <laughs> standing on top of the steel cage, throwing us off. <laughs> it's a beautiful memory I'll cherish forever. No one else. <laughs> The gimmick uh, battle roll. It's so <laughs> Just a bunch of old people getting trotted out there. The gobbledygooker. And also the gobbledygooker. <laughs> Ask your dad what that is. You might be surprised by it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. There is a fair amount uh, of WWE in my house just because of Trish Stratus. Fair. Yeah, yeah. She spends this whole paper he just pushing around vegetable Linda McMahon. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I shouldn't laugh. Uh, I it was after Vince made her bark like a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On all fours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's really fitting that the only person in this entire pay per view that later ended up in the United States cabinet was just a fucking vegetable the whole time. <laughs> it's so cool, dude. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Again, apologies to everyone I made fun of in fifth grade. I'm so sorry, you guys. Please show some respect to current libertarian mayor Kane. How dare you? <laughs> Frequent Fox that News is, guest. That is all I have. Untold: colon, 
Johnny Football on Netflix. Ooh. <laughs> now, I will start by saying I was very excited for the Florida one that just came out, and I've heard nothing but bad things. You're right, going to tell I... me it's a four-part series, and we're just mentioning Aaron and Hernandez once. I'm not I... talking about the Pouncey Twins, not talking about Percy Harvin choking his trainer. Like, come on. I heard it what was, like, all just, like, yeah. it, it, the, I heard the whole thing was just apologism for, like, how good Urban Meyer Fucking four hours. Of, I don't know, man. Love him or hate him. We got right, yeah, I don't like, need that Suck shit. my dick. I'm not wasting my time. I was very excited for that, too. Yeah. But uh, I was excited to watch this because, I mean, for one thing, I don't really follow college football anymore, but I could pretty pretty clearly say, like, that might be my favorite year I've ever had watching college football was just watching that freshman year Johnny football unravel and just how it took over everything. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I watched it with a little lady who, as I said before, does not know or care about sports, but loves a good documentary. So I got to watch her face in real time, just like take in all of this, like especially just to skip near the end, you know, where uh, he get makes it to the NFL and he's giving this fucking sob story about how like the game's not fun anymore. He has it feels like work, and all I'm thinking is. Oh, I don't get to have fun and go do have coke parties. I have to study the playbook. And she's just like, oh, oh my god, that's so sad. He looks so depressed. And I'm like, oh yeah, you don't have brain worms. <laughs> I forgot you're not a fucking dickhead, my guy. Because he just looks like <clears throat> miserable. How it's the only thing he's ever been passionate about, and now he doesn't enjoy it. And he just drinks all the time. <laughs> she just feels so bad for him. And I'm just like, just. Read, read playbook you fucking pussy get out there you're making a lot of money <laughs> but I have to say uh, cause of course there's a montage of all the talking heads and just watching her watch like Colin Coward call him like a selfish piece of shit who's letting the whole city down it's like oh yeah this is kinda fucked up huh yeah. <laughs> this is a uh, not a good look it was uh, it was entertaining enough but I feel like my biggest issue is that it's it's very clear that he still very much has a lot of addiction issues and still very much is into drinking a lot all the time. And they just, it kind of just brushes past it at the very end. It's like, no, there's clearly something very, very wrong with this guy. This this isn't like some big like, yeah, you know, I flamed out in the NFL, but, you know, I've turned my life around. No, there's not going to be a happy ending to this. I really don't like the fact that so much of it is about high school and college like yeah I mean I understand like the college stuff is huge he was like the biggest athlete on the fucking planet for two years but like there's a combined ten minutes for draft NFL and what happened afterwards that's not enough no, that's about as long as he was in the league yeah but yeah, I my get god I have There's... to say that, like, that was one of my favorite things. Everyone leaked is like, "Oh, he admitted that on his iPad he had zero point zero minutes of uh, game film watch." I'm like, "Did you watch him play?" <laughs> <laughs> Nary a mention of the CFL or the fan controlled football league. You show him in the fan controlled football league and then show him drinking with his buddies. This ends on a real sour note. <laughs> See, that's that's the thing is like you got to include that in there. Like, just skip past. Like, you should do like one of those things where the cross is like, "Yeah," and then came the NFL draft. It'd be like three years later, fan control football league. <laughs> Some guy on his couch telling yeah. him to run the track. Life comes at you really fast. Oh yeah. Uh, this is an, a completely unrelated side note, but uh, man, I haven't thought of Colin Klein in ten years, and he was the third Heisman <laughs> finalist. <laughs> College football is weird, you guys. I don't. Even, I don't even remember that name. He didn't K-State. even. He, he went to K State. 
Oh, dude, that's, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. He fell off practice squads. He didn't even make it. <laughs> like, man, college football is a fickle. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, let me see here. Ba, 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 ba. My favorite moments easily were, uh, in case you're wondering like, where he gets this attitude from, a humongous shout-out to his dad saying that it's the college's responsibility to both teach him football and also make him into a great man. Shout-out to you. You really molded him into yeah. a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Good job. And uh, my favorite part by far is his uh, agent describing that uh, they had a private workout for the Browns, and all of the receivers were too drunk, so his agent just had to run routes for him. That's, <laughs> That's a pretty good bit. Cool, dude. <laughs> That's what I want more of. Like, if we're gonna, if we're not gonna talk about how this dude is clearly still fighting demons to this day, give me more wild coke stories. Like, oh yeah, I don't know, it was fine. It was like forty-five minutes. It's okay. But oh, that's it. Oh, it's. It's if, that, if it's only like 45 minutes because this was in my peak of just sitting in class refreshing fucking ESPN <laughs> and like three other football sites because I hated my classes like I was living this every day she don't know the fuck Johnny Manziel is so she had a really good time with it yeah I mean you say it's only 45 minutes if it's only 45 minutes I guess that makes sense that they only devote 10 minutes to the NFL because like Alex said that's how long he was in yeah, but then you devote four parts to talking about how good Urban Meyer is. I'm just saying. I, no, I, hey, I'm not defending that decision. You know, it could be we're, we're not pro Netflix here. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> but also, like, uh, how much do they devote to my boy Riley Cooper? Dude, oh my, my god, does Riley I mean, Cooper lay down in the end zone in the documentary? <laughs> I oh hope god. so. Like none of this shit. Don't even mention Cam Newton. Like, not even just in passing. Like, I know he transferred, but goddamn, it's it's fine. Um, let me say here real quick, um, because, uh, substances were taken, we watched Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember, like, the whole gimmick. I'm sure you remember the songs, but I guarantee you don't remember that every other person in that movie is Cajun. Because <laughs> I certainly did not. Yeah, uh, just to also echo what I wrote on Letterboxd here is, uh, imagine if, uh, if... Bill Dotrieb's cousin Jovet had been there. <laughs> it's because they're just the fucking gangs. Like, oh, I'm gonna miss this like, Oh, you ain't never caught no catfish out here. You ain't buy no dog. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is he talking about? I remember and then they that. turn into werewolves. It's insane, dude. At the very end of the movie, he turns into a. Was it a werewolf or a werecat or something like that? He was like, it's a werecat. I has has been waiting for yows. <laughs> and they turn into ah, a let me tell you something. I live with fucking what? Uh, yeah, five stars, still really good. It, it sounds like a Cajun prospector from, um, like a Cajun version of the prospector from, uh, what was that MSD movie with the Razor? <laughs> Final Sacrifice. Ooh. Wrapped up, oh no, the guy up. Don't die. Now, there's a lot of movies I could talk about, and I will probably talk about next week because we're already almost two hours in, and I can just not stress about watching things. Like, it's fine. So instead, I can just talk about a movie I had not rewatched in many years, which is a little film called Ganjam Haunted Asylum. Hell yeah, dude. And I just kept thinking about the fact that, out of the three of us, Alex likes horror the least, which is fine, because most of it's bad. (laughs) And you basically flipped a coin and fell ass backwards into the scariest fucking thing (laughs) I've ever seen. Dude. I I remember it scared me, but it's been years and years. In fact, the first 45, 60 minutes, I'm like, 
this is good. Don't get me wrong, but like I've seen a lot of these, and then, <laughs> and then the movie picked up, and I was like, oh, that's right. This is a fucking nightmare. This is. I think like the I fact remember... that you stumbled onto a movie that is literally on every single like, hey, here's a horror movie you've never seen. Check it out. It's scary as fuck. That's on all of those, and you were like. Yeah, I'm kind of full. What do you want to watch, babe? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. So, uh, here's a couple wild things about this. Uh, first of all, I think I, I vaguely remember when Alex either assigned this to me or just strongly recommended it to me. And I watched it. in my The, the setup, I think I mentioned it when I watched it, but the setup was so important to me, is I was watching it on my TV, but... I was in a house where the walls were kind of thin. I didn't want to disturb other people with that sound, so I, I kind of threaded a long cord for my headphones through like a microphone. It was a weird system, and so all I could hear was this movie. And when I get to the part with a black sclera, that was like the most scared I've ever been watching a movie. This I I do think that this is the scariest movie I have ever seen. And when I said that, Alex was like, "Whoa, really?" And this was before the list, I think. <laughs> and uh, it still is. Speaking of the list, Parker, Gojum Haunted Asylum is not on the list. That just made me really irrationally mad for some reason. I don't oh, know why. It's okay, though, because we have 75 Vincent Price movies. So Yeah, yeah, those are all good. Oh, yeah. Well, next up... Uh, oh, Happy <clears throat> Death Day. I bet that's good. It's watchable. Like it. It's pretty good. As above, not so really below, scary, but altered. It's um, not at all <laughs> scary. Yeah. No, not even a little bit. When Dead Snow Two, guess. Red versus Dead. Oh, buddy, we'll talk. We'll <laughs> talk about that when <laughs> yeah. you watch it. Oh, moly. Yeah, sorry. I, I fucking love this movie with all of my heart and soul. Me too. This it's is... so much better than every other found footage movie. I. I don't even know how to put it in the fucking words because, like I said, I've seen. At least 30, 40 of these fucking found footage movies. And I just, I'm sitting there like, yeah, going through the motions, this is really good. And near the end of it, I felt like a fucking kid who was, like, scared to look up in the mirror when he went to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I was so fucking terrified. It's a little treasure of a movie. I Because it doesn't feel like they were putting an especially noticeable amount of effort into this relative to, like, other movies, especially Korean movies. But this is better than other Korean movies because it's just effective. They just did a good job on this. It is fucking insane to me that Hollywood hasn't stolen the GoPro gimmick yet. Like It's the reason that movie works. If it's not GoPros, the movie doesn't work. But because you get all those shots of like the, the cameras around their neck pointing up at their face, like that's oh what God, makes that movie so scary. Them. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I can, I'm sitting in my house, the AC's cranked at like 68 degrees. I'm just like getting flop sweat like... Cut back, please. The what thing, got me, I remember specifically, is when it just when it cuts to them. And you just see the hands around their head, and then it cuts to someone else. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think there was another moment that really worked for me that like encapsulated something about the movie, about it being a nightmare. Is uh, not not literally is uh, at one point someone opens a door and they step out into a place that you know that door is not supposed to lead to. Like, the entire geography of where they are is suddenly changed. And I love that shit. And other movies, they don't do that. They keep the entire layout of these places, like, very consistent. By changing where things are and where things are supposed to be, it just 
totally fucks with the audience. And I, I love that. As I was watching, I was just like, what the? F- that's not supposed to happen. I had this entire place mapped out in my head. And now they're here where they shouldn't <laughs> po- you know, possibly be here. Time to make Chris watch all the Grave Encounters movies. That's all I, I was always, thinking. I actually <laughs> already saw the first one. God, I wish I did. Well, well then you gotta see the second love one. the second one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's on the list. Like, uh, Yet. Yet? Yeah, yeah. You know, unfortunately. <laughs> one of these days I'm going to be cancer-free and not watching movies from the list. <laughs> Why'd you repeat yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, the strongest recommend. It's on Prime. Sorry, you have to read it, nerds. It's worth it. It's like oh, eighty-five yeah. minutes. I might buy a You'll get over Blu-ray it. of this if I can. I don't even know if there is one. Also, it being foreign is so much scary because I can't just like zone out because I have to just focus and read every line. And I can't look away from the screen. Right. And I just see those fucking hands pop up, and I want to die so badly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last thing I really want to talk about, uh, Chris, you talked recently about a little film called Bloodsport. Yeah. And it's how it's based on the very, very real adventures of a man named uh, Frank Dukes. Yeah, that actually happened. Oh, buddy. I watched an hour-long YouTube documentary about Frank Dukes by a man named Napoleon Blonaparte. An A-plus <laughs> name. <laughs> who, went, who dug deep and read not only the book that uh, Bloodsport was based on, but a book he had written prior interviews of the people that knew him and we got deep into the lore of frank dukes and let me tell you according to frank um he was a 16 year old ninja who was taken in by an, a master ninja who had been like learning for decades and decades and like been passed on for hundreds of years and then he moved to asia and he learned all of their secrets and he would fight like the entire village because his ninja was so strong but he was so good at this that, of course, like, I mean, modern days, 1970s, are like used for ninja. But there's this thing going on in Vietnam, so he can put his powers to good use. And let me tell you, um, he was so good with a knife that uh, he was awarded a medal specifically for his knife skills in a secret ceremony. See, there's no documentation, but it happened in secret because all of his missions are so covert ops. And but I wish happened. I could get invited to a secret knife ceremony. Yeah, is that good? Um, worked with the CIA, NSA, FBI. And this is real, um, by the way. This actually happened. Yes, this is all real. Okay. Um, he would tell all of this to anyone that would listen. <laughs> this has been corroborated by people that worked with him on numerous things. He would tell everyone that he was awarded the Medal of Honor, and he would show people a Medal of Honor that he was awarded. Well, it turns out once the internet's a thing, you can just, like, request all this information on people. Uh, So he claimed to be a Vietnam vet, and he enlisted two years after the Vietnam War ended. So, already looking good. Well, the Army doesn't communicate very well, so maybe he, like, went over. A slightly Uh, different time scale. Yeah. Um, Once uh, it came out that they could just look him up, he just started denying that he ever, ever claimed to have won a Purple Heart. He would just flat out tell people, like, no, nah, I never said that. <laughs> people that he had shown a medal to and said, yeah, I was awarded this in secret ceremony, he'd be like, no, nah, I didn't do that. So that's, like, a first chunk of his life. And then we go on to another chunk of his life where he writes a book all about his experiences. Um, a big thing to know about him is that he's a humongous diehard James Bond fan. 
Hell yeah. And, and just throwing this out there, um, the uh, master ninja that took him to Asia and taught him everything happens to also have the same name as a uh, master ninja from a James Bond movie. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Come on. It's all legitimate. It's all legitimate. It's oh, right. real. Yeah, you wouldn't just make this up. Um, the book that uh, he wrote an, an autobiography about all of his many, many secret missions. Um, I don't want to ruin all of them, but uh, my favorite claim by far is that uh, at one point he sold his Kumite sword in order to save the lives of a ship full of orphans that were kidnapped by pirates. <laughs> uh, in the happen? middle of this book, uh, <laughs> the pirates picture, want orphans. What would they do with the sword? <laughs> Using a sword. I have a sword. All right, you know, you have the kids back. No, 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 no. It's. I think the sword actually has more value to pirates than a ship full of orphans. That makes sense. <laughs> right. They could use it to, you know, kill. You're just trying to get anything you can for a boat full of kids without parents. <laughs> um, in the middle of this book that is full of very true stories, um, there's a bunch of pictures. Now I know you're asking, hey, what are these pictures of? Uh, most of them appear to be him on missions, and by that I mean stock footage of a movie he made, and also are a bunch of disguises. So it's just a bunch of pictures of him with various wigs and mustaches with fake aliases. Okay, next. he rules, <laughs> he owns, get him on the show. <laughs> um, at one point, the CIA had to come out as a unit and make a public statement saying they've never heard of this man and they've never worked with him. Isn't well, that I mean, like... yeah, of course, because he was revealing too much. They'd have to say <laughs> Right, yeah, exactly, because they've never done that before. Um, anytime, any, um, fuck, I'm sorry, because there's so much just with the Kumite itself and how none of it makes sense, how he claims that he's won like three different times but if you just like do the math, I was like, oh, so you entered the first one when you were nine years old? Doesn't work. Don't worry about it. Um, he would like they publish these stories, and then people would ask him for information about it, and he would just say, uh, if I gave you any more, it would put my family at risk. <laughs> Despite the fact that he wrote a book detailing hundreds of covert CIA missions. Um, so what I'm saying is, um, this video is incredible. It's an hour long, and it's nothing but this dude being. Cool. I was going to say con artist, but let's be honest. Like, this man believes in himself in a way I could never believe in myself. He has lived... If he did literally 1% of the things he described, he would be an American hero. There would be statues of him in every state, in every country. And, he, uh, and uh, the Kumite is real. And he's won it several times. He's killed hundreds of men. Uh, please check it out. It's a fantastic video. Now let's talk about... we got to make a movie about this guy, besides Blitzwitz. How about a little bit of the old razzle-dazzle, boys? <laughs> Time for... I have been waiting for an entire month for this. Dude, well <laughs> worth the wait. Uh, just to remind everyone at home, um, this whole month happened... Because we spent like two minutes talking about all the up-close magic in Dead Reckoning Part 1. <laughs> oh my goodness. I And also, a reminder to everyone at the studios wouldn't let them call this Now You Don't. Which, I'm uh, glad everyone's striking. Exactly, yeah. You know, same. I, gotta, I gotta go with the studios on this one. If I saw there was a movie out called Now You Don't, 
my response would not be, oh, cool, the sequel to Now You See Me. It would be, what the fuck is a movie called Now You Don't? No, you put it in I am normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of magicians. You're like, oh, this sucks. I'm seeing this. <laughs> so the movie begins with uh, Morgan Freeman voiceover being like, sometimes what you see is not what you're actually or some dumb shit like that because yeah, yeah I, man I, I understand the core concept yeah is it like is it like the thing is like uh, you can't lie to your eyes or can you I'm like well, come on. <laughs> oh great only two more hours of this my favorite part or of it or did is, I <laughs> fuck you <laughs> My favorite part of this is is these big capital letters spelling out the word believe. But if you look at it from a different <laughs> angle, L I E are casting the shadows. <laughs> and now we don't have no cash, no jobs. <laughs> so, <Fuck yourself. laughs> so uh, he says the four horsemen. They, I guess, the way <laughs> he gave it to that. It owns ever. how no Morgan Freeman impression is ever offensive because he yeah. actually sounds like that. Yeah, the four horsemen. <laughs> they, 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 they perform sellout shows and always ended by showering their fans with money. But again, at the end of the last movie. They ended by showering their fans with fake money that had, like, Jordan Peterson's face on there. If I went to one of their shows, they showered me with fake money. I would bring a gun to their next show. I'm absolutely assassinating one of the horsemen. <laughs> well, not Dave Franco, because he's dead. He's already dead. Or yeah, is yeah. he? <laughs> I should have got, like, a magic music there. Hang on. Do I have, like, a thing I can use there? Say, or is he again, Parker? Or is he? <laughs> That's all I have. All right. That works. Yeah. Like you know Frank what? Deuce ass <laughs> Make do with what we got. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, crew. Don't we open with the fucking flashback of Mark Ruffalo's dad dying due to magic? <laughs> I no. I think we they, we end with the flashback of the first movie where they go into the the secret merry go round where the ancient Egyptian magicians are going to oh take God, them to the right. secret circle. <laughs> Where they play dual monsters with Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo, who is still in the FBI, despite being an evil magician. Uh, What do you think he hates saying more, Thor or Thaddeus? Which one's more embarrassing? (laughs) Uh, By the way, uh, crew cut Jesse Eisenberg is uh, going deep into the catacombs to to get his (laughs) orders from his disembodied voices. Yeah, Would you like to know questions. how I've done this trick, Yugi boy? <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about Jesse Eisenberg. I have quick. questions, because, uh, I mean, as you said, it would not make sense if this was called Now You Don't. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? But this is Now You See Me 2. Did I miss, like, a fucking comic or TV series? <laughs> like, the leap from the end of one to, like, this being full-on Assassin's Creed just going deep into the fucking catacombs to get hidden messages from a disembodied hole in the wall, like, how did this happen? Dude, this what if there was a Vegas magician? Yeah. It's How the eye of Horus, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you just keep saying that. that doesn't make <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's correct. That's, that's all we need. Yeah. There's a magic like, wow. ancient Egyptian eye, and it tells you how to do magic tricks. Cool, I'm oh, in. Wow. Done. Yeah. We've been accepted into the super secret fucking Freemasons of magic. Cut to five minutes into the next movie. You must be patient. Your time will come. Like, is he going to fucking bomb a building <laughs> oh but you're but you're fine with the plot of aquaman okay yeah Parker i'm 100 not fine with, don't you ever say that to me again how dare you <laughs> flip this table we over. talk about jesse eisenberg real quick 
Always. Like so his, so his fucking, the, the fact that he's a crew is because he actually shaved his head for Batman v Superman. Yeah, that really paid yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> Good investment, dickhead. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Well, also, Thanks apparently... Thanks for be... subjecting us to your Max Landis impression, yeah. you fucking prick. So, so apparently, uh, between movies, Parker, you would have known this if you played the uh, Now You See Me video game. Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch the visual novel. <laughs> Fuck me, huh? Uh, apparently, his girlfriend broke up with him. Whoever that actress was in the first movie, she's gone. And uh, now we get Lizzie Kaplan. <laughs> when God, you mentioned that, uh, <laughs> that the actress was pregnant, so they just recast her, it, like, it's so much funnier that they just have another master magician waiting in the bullpen in case Henley needs fucking Tommy John <laughs> surgery. It's so fucking good. Well, like, I mean, oh, wow, she's gone, but I'm also good at magic, and I'm a lady, too. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta realize the Eye of Horus would know about her, so like that actually does make sense. That is what the Millennium Items led. <laughs> Look, I just want to make sure you guys understand the movie. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of like, misdirection oh, going on, but you know hey, some of us that, that are well versed in the magical arts can follow this one. Yeah. Anyway, this girl. Yeah, he only is watched like... season one. He yeah. wouldn't know. Oh hi, I'm a new character. My name is Lula. I just wanted to stop <laughs> She's immediately. Lula. <laughs> she is the Beyond most. Me. She is the most Reddit energy of any character I think I've ever seen. It. Manic pixie magic retard. <laughs> she is so fucking so annoying. annoying. <laughs> That's the thing that bothers me because there's one thing that she does throughout this movie that I kind of like, is she flirts with Dave Franco, and I kind of like the the idea that a girl could be attracted to a handsome guy instead of you know playing fickle the whole time. It's like, oh no, I actually really like this guy. I'd like to get with him. Look at him. He's Dave Franco. What could possibly go wrong? But she she's just constantly quipping. Remember the elevator scene in this movie? I don't remember what she says, but it's like the longest scene of the movie because she just won't shut the fuck up. And people just like, they end the scene just by everyone kind of looking at her in silence. It just goes nowhere and does nothing. Yeah, well. Apparently she's good at other stuff. You. They tell me that she's very good at I'll other stuff. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, I'm taking... Look, I haven't seen her in a ton of things, but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed Parker, her in a big fan of Masters of Sex, so... Anyway, I um, wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> like, I'm a big fan of Party Down. Yeah, and I'll, we're all Mean Girl fans on this podcast. So yeah, I forgot who she was in that. That's that's two for two. No, anyway, uh, that's more than I'm like Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this: I I was very gratified to see that the funniest shit in this entire movie is the mentalism. So let's talk about that because <laughs> that's easily my favorite part of this movie. Uh, there's a lot of parts of this movie I like, and it is true that most of them involve Woody Harrelson and his brother Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, I Parker's vocal coach, is in this, and he's taking... was not prepared for this reveal. <laughs> he's, can we, he's, can first, we... before that, he takes Dave Franco under his wing. <laughs> oh yeah, he's gonna teach hey, him. Speaking of apt pupil, holy guacamole! <laughs> I mean, what else is that character bit. here for? He doesn't fucking do anything. Yeah, I know. Well, his his superpower <laughs> is teaching them how to throw cards, and guess what? They're all good at throwing cards. I'm a mentalist. We'll I'm get to that. Hypnotize this hot young twink and take him under my wing. He's a fucking pickpocket that throws cards. Like, why? You're so mature for your age. <laughs> You're not like the other magicians. <laughs> Study math at my house or else. <laughs> we gotta get straight A's, boy. Like, oh, fuck. So, uh, you know how they do mentalism in this movie? They just use alliteration. That's his superpower. 
<laughs> that's actually that's how it works. <laughs> Just stop the show. Dead. <laughs> you can't be serious. Is that really it? <laughs> I didn't mean to leave you hanging. I was taking a drink, and then I just paused when he said, "Like, no, that's actually how it works." I'm glad you left me hanging. It worked out. Yeah, leaving that space in there was good. Cut all that. Okay, so uh, (laughs) no, leave the music. So anyway, it's got to be like a three second delay, and then the music. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, they have a new gig that they have to go to, and uh, Cyber Olmec exposes them. Dude, the fucking sound that escaped me when their silhouettes were like running up on the screen and then the glass shattered and they came jumping out of it like the fucking Ninja Turtles coming out of our shells. I love we're magic. here to show you some magic. Everyone's like, ah. I, I think my favorite part about this is Cyber Olmec saying, "And that man in the FBI is a magician." <laughs> You know, I've now watched over four hours of Now You See Me movies. I understand that Mark Ruffalo is the master magician behind all of this. Do we actually see him do magic one time ever? Because I don't remember it. Doesn't he use magic as a sleight of hand to escape in China? Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. We spent a lot of time in China. We will get get to China. We will take the secret passage to China. Let's get back to Olmec. Which, by the way, the thing about Olmec is uh, they get into that whole thing because there's a British uh, tech genius guy that they have to mentalize at some point. And uh, when they're sliding down the tube, they're all going, ah, and there's a brief cut to that British guy going, ah, and uh, <laughs> that's like the, one of the few actual jokes I worked on me. <laughs> well, you have to understand that the mentalism that's been done on him is that whenever Woody Harrelson does something, this guy also does it. How does that work? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now we meet one of our favorite characters in the whole... First of all, they... they, they back up, back up, back up. No, yeah, back up. Because this is the dumbest scene ever where the disembodied head is like, and that magician's actually still alive! Oh my god! And then they jump down a laundry chute, and then they just wake up in Macau. Which, by the way, this whole time I thought it was pronounced Macau! <laughs> yes, you want to pick the Cardinals, don't you? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> so good, dude. I, this is the most tired I've ever been in my life. We have an hour forty-five of movie left. Okay, so they're in a Chinese restaurant, or as they call it over there, a restaurant. And <laughs> he's not joking. But it's the best back, line of the movie. Which that's one of my favorite lines because they have this ominous music in the background, like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> Can't walk home from here. This is a real Home Alone reveal. Yeah. Which, by the way, this what? speaking of reveals, Parker, let's talk about our favorite character. When he turns and faces the camera with those teeth and that facial hair and that voice. Oh my god. This dude did True Detective two years before this. What the fuck? You know, one for me, one for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is a one for me. 
Are you sure about that? This movie, this cast, has to be like the biggest, like, cast to stupid ratio I've ever seen. Because <laughs> it's no, it's not like fucking Tom Cruise, but like, it is like twelve deep with names, and it's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my goodness! And we, this is where we meet his twin brother, who also does magic. Yeah, so it's, Parker, it's, can you do an impression of his voice? Do you, are you able to do that? I don't know if I can physically do it. It's, it, it, it's this high pitched sort of like it's almost like a titter, you know. <laughs> he does like Valley Girl up talk. Yeah, with his big old he, fake chomper. And he, he's doing he like, sounds like, he's doing like me Johnny doing Depp a Woody Harrelson impression. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's doing like a Jimmy not Jimmy Hendrix. He's doing a fucking um. What are the fingers? He's doing the. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow fingers from Pirates of the Caribbean, like, oh, oh you thought yeah. you could fool me? <laughs> I sound like a greased up deaf guy from. Pirates. I was gonna say, <laughs> he looks exactly like a Tim and Eric character. With the facial hair, it looks a hundred percent like he'd be on an Awesome Show. Oh yeah, and he's just like a central antagonist of this magic movie. <laughs> Yeah, he keeps coming back. He is uh, astounding. And wait, why did they stop talking to each other? Because they were because he I, stole all yeah, of Woody he, Harrelson's money. Sorry uh, if that's confusing. Was that was that it? Or that I was. Thought, I, I thought the, no, was, the the central conflict was that Woody Harrelson left to go make his own act of mentalism. No, no that that's how it was sold in the first movie, and oh, then we get a movie okay. with a new director, and we need some tie-ins to the first movie. He's like, right. "Yeah, remember how my partner stole all my money? Actually, it was my twin brother, me." Yeah, we can't. I can't get over it. For anyone who's listening here, I can't emphasize enough just how fucking stupid that whole thing is. <laughs> my evil twin brother with this big poofy. Orphan Annie curly hair. <laughs> Again, we are 15 minutes into this movie. Yeah. He kind of looks like his character in Venom 2 from being He really does, actually. That's a good comparison. facial hair. He's like, oh, I can use mentalism too. At that point, yeah, that's where Dave Franco, the, the apt pupil, tries to use it. <laughs> tries to use well, mentalism. We find out, like, wait a second, how did they go down a laundry chute and end up yeah. in China? Well, you see, I came to your apartment to hypnotize you with a pizza box. They would have just spit a I, pizza box and said, you were getting super sleepy, soldier. And they just go down and shoot. I so, up a cow. Of all of the things in this movie that are stupid that I love unconditionally, I think my favorite is not just that they tell you how all the tricks are done, but they do it like... 15 minutes after the fact when you're no longer thinking about that trick <laughs> and also every time I, I, this is the only way I can think to describe this imagine if there was a Lonely Island song about magic and just every <laughs> time there was a trick the camera cut to Andy Samberg going that's magic that's like literally every single reveal in this fucking movie it's so good <laughs> It's so fucking good because all of it, like, they understand, like, why you're watching this. The director of this movie very clearly watched all of those, like, made-for-TV magic specials that were popular in, like, the early 2000s where they explained how they did every trick after the commercial break. All of them. Same. But it is the exact same, like, timing cadence of that except in a fucking Hollywood movie with CGI magic. 
But the timing is so off, like you said. Like it'd be like watching Ocean's Eleven, and halfway through the credits, like, so here's how we actually stole that. Like, no, I'm I'm in my car. The movie's over. I don't care anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, we should get on to another character here, and I have been ready more for more characters. <laughs> so many for characters. this character, we have an extra special needle drop. <laughs> As soon as I fucking heard this, I was just like, you can't play this for fucking Daniel Radcliffe. Come on. False. We need to do this more often for Daniel Radcliffe, actually. Now, I I love that song, and I love Daniel Radcliffe, but uh, his character in this movie, I feel like, could have been played by just about anybody. Is this part... uh, Alex, I think you were the one who watched, was it called The Hidden Temple or whatever? Uh, Isn't he... Was he just playing that same character? Actually, yeah, with the Channing Tatum movie, yeah, 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 it's it's basically the same character except he's like twenty percent more evil in that one. Yeah, I was but, gonna uh, say it seems like his idea in this one is he was they call him a tech genius, and his idea was we tried to invent actual magic. So I am fine with any and all bad, stupid, evil characters if you call them a tech genius because then I'm just laughing at the fact that this is what people think tech geniuses actually are. So. That's one of those things that is objectively stupid and bad, but will always work on me. He has, by the way, he has the same penthouse suite that uh, the guy had in Old and I, I couldn't stop looking at it. The only thing they removed were the showers. I, I like the, the little, like, koi pond that people have at the top floor of a fucking hotel. I'd like to be that rich. We need to bring the koi pond back. Yeah, we do. It was a good era. Yeah. I would definitely step in a wall drunk, though. I'm still stuck on the pizza box. China. <laughs> That's all I can think about. And then I chloroformed you, to... and I put you on a plane, and I flew you to Macau. And here's all the selfies I took. Yeah, I, I made you guys do these fucking stupid poses that got Al Franken fired. <laughs> yeah, I got a pepperoni pizza for a horseman. Do it for Jodie Foster. Shoot him in the fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> so sick, dude. This movie rules. Okay, this is so the dumbest good. thing I've ever seen. It's so, so good. So Daniel Radcliffe is telling them, Roy, you're gonna go piss. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna go piff at me, Chip. <laughs> and they're like, no, we don't really want to do that because we don't like you. And he's like, well, if I kill you then, isn't it? And they're about to get shot by some I'm guy sure who doesn't have a gun. Eight of us. If you want to do magic, you're gonna have to go through me. <laughs> it's so good. Which uh, then Jesse Eisberg is on the couch and goes, "No, actually, we will do it. We're we're, we're gonna go see the oldest magic shop in the world. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely go see the oldest magic shop in the world." He just still to the old time magic shop. His character in this movie was like, what if he was a train guy but for magic? <laughs> Is that the fucking Egyptian god of magic living in, like, your basement? You're like, no, we gotta go to this magic shop. Yeah. We have to go to this shop in Macau. <laughs> so I can get a... Well, actually, here, it's just a regular finger trap. Thanks. <laughs> Fuck yourself. Parker, when you heard Macau, were you thinking of the Mike Hat joke from Lady Ghostbusters? You just ruined my night. I fucking hate you. If you could see the way the smile left my face. 
okay. five minutes of who's on first and who's fucking moron. Okay, so they fucking go to the, the ancient Chinese magic shop. <laughs> they smiles back. Isn't that one of them they, they put on the figure trap and they can't get it off her finger that they just cut away before they magic it off? you think they'd be able to do that. I can't even play the riff. <laughs> you got a riff to play. Yeah. So, like, uh, actually, there there is, like, a scene that's kind of, like, a hint for later. At one point, I think it's either Jesse Eisenberg or Dave Franco, like, plays with one of those, like, suspended water things and gets an idea for the climax of the movie, which I'm excited to get to. I'm this movie has a ton of callbacks. <laughs> oh, which, yeah, it uh, does. I I appreciate it because it at least keeps you paying attention to this dumb fucking movie, but also 70% of them are dumb as shit. Yeah, so uh, Mark Ruffalo, head of the FBI and also the I, uh, has escaped from <laughs> custody because uh, he could just do that, and he goes to uh, Federal Pound Me in the Ass Prison to visit Morgan Freeman and breaks him out because he can do that as well. Uh he blames Morgan Freeman for the death of his father. He's like, help me save the four horsemen. They're like children to me. <laughs> Can you guys remind me why Morgan Freeman's in jail in the first place? Uh, he got tricked into prison, if I recall. <laughs> he got, he got, mental, he got mentalized. He's like, and now you're behind bars. <laughs> yeah, do you have Woody Harrelson standing in the back of a courtroom hypnotizing the judge? <laughs> Spitting a fucking Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> they mentalized all the all the guards in the uh, place, which might explain the like the really cushy treatment he has. A fucking laptop and internet access, a pretty nice digs over there. He was eating lobster. Maybe oh maybe Morgan Freeman was using mentalism to trick the chefs into cooking him good food <laughs> instead of tricking them to opening his cell. <laughs> Because that's that's his secret hideout where he could monitor the four horsemen and exact his revenge. <laughs> so never suspect me. <laughs> Prison. <laughs> my name is Morgan Freeman, and this is my revenge. <laughs> Shit. That is my fucking mentalism. He's right here. That I just want to headbutt a wall immediately. <laughs> you want to destroy a fucking ceiling fan? I could be walking down the street. I hear that. I'm looking for a shopping cart immediately <laughs> to take to a curb. Jesus. All right. So uh, yeah, they go off and uh, do something else. I just want to talk. There was a scene that really stuck with me. Um, Morgan Freeman and Mark Ruffalo go to an ancient Chinese magic shop. Don't take that out of context. <laughs> and. <laughs> And uh, we knew your uh, your father, Shrike, and uh, <laughs> he was he was the, like your father who was probably an Egyptian god of magic. Uh, he wanted you to have this. They give him a watch, and the Chinese lady is like, "I hid this in my ass for several years." This is <laughs> the Chinese lady named Boo Boo. <laughs> no. I'd say that. Okay, so it's a bridge too far for me. I'd rather okay. just say that old Chinese broad. It sounds less bad. <laughs> Jesus a, Christ! There's a scene of her like sitting on like a, a little ottoman, 
uh, the furniture, not a person. And she's like watching a TV. We <laughs> <laughs> just showed like a 1920s Chinese movie. Uh, and she's like kind of laughing softly. I'm like, that feels racist. <laughs> it feels like something she wouldn't do. <laughs> oh, boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, uh, we looked at what uh, movies of Chinese representation are in <laughs> free domain, and uh, well, they, they are not pretty boys. Turns out they don't like ghetto movies like Rush Hour. So <laughs> like it's either this or John Wayne <laughs> dressed up like, with a Fu Manchu seat, take what you can get. Anyway, I actually kind of felt like it was a heartfelt scene where they give him that old watch. It's like, no, there's nothing magic about it, but he wanted you to have this. This is yours. This is what connects you to him. And I'm like, you know what else oh. he wanted to not trap? <laughs> anyway, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, wow, that is kind of a heartfelt scene. And in the background, you see Morgan Freeman in one shot is hiding in a sarcophagus. <laughs> <laughs> it's called misdirection, Chris. Yeah, you know, and you're uh, looking at the watch, and then he slips away. But then they open up the sarcophagus. Morgan Freeman is gone. <laughs> If I'm ever looking at a family heirloom from a dead relative and one of you guys hides in a sarcophagus, I'm going to be pretty cheesed about it, I'm going to be honest. It's it's not my fault, though. I, I was chloroformed, and then they took me away in the sarcophagus and mailed me around the world for six weeks, and then I emerged here. See, I ordered an extra most bestest, and I ended up in fucking... <laughs> Dude, when we get the physical studio, we are getting a sarcophagus. <laughs> Oh my god, now I'm thinking about the sarcophagus popcorn vessel. We need one of those. <laughs> oh. She fit Morgan Freeman into the Blue Beetle Scarab. <laughs> we'll get to next week's episode. Oh soon, god, though. my stomach hurts. This is the stupidest <laughs> fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Alright, uh, anyway, the, let's see what happens. Uh, the four horsemen get in over their heads. I don't know, something's going wrong because uh, Mike O'Kane is back. And turns out he's he's actually Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe's uh, illegitimate father, I guess is what they're trying well, to say. We, we've, we've moved too far ahead. We have to get to the fucking lab heist. Oh, right, yeah. yeah sorry, we, we can't talk that. about That's, that scene. I, yeah. That is approximately 45 minutes long. Yeah. And the most embarrassing isn't this cool I've ever seen in my See, life. See, that's the thing, is you can make magic look cool, even with multiple camera angles, just because you could show exactly what you need the audience to see, right? But with the, And I'm not saying that, like, oh, they should have just had the actors actually flip the cards around, because that's so hard it's basically impossible, right? But showing it the way that they did with the fucking like CGI card going down their sleeves is like the silliest <laughs> shit. Because like I like the stuff where they're on. going like they're uh, what can I use as a this is close enough where they're like uh, oh I have it behind my thing oh I'm flipping over here and now I can't see you know that shit is cool to me I I like that I like when she's like hiding it in her hair uh, I don't like it when. Uh, I don't remember what they did. But they, they're what? 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 But they kick the card or something like that. You can't do that. Right? That's just fucking impossible. The fucking bounce pass across the room. Yeah, is that what absolutely <laughs> killed me. Parker, those are fundamentals. Mr. Okay? Fundamentals bounce pass. I gave a fucking Tim Duncan bounce pass across the room. You should have passed the card, Tucker. <laughs> By the way, the whole thing starts because Dave Franco missions Impossibles himself in there. It like takes out the computer chip. It's like, oh, where can I hide this? Oh, 
all. <laughs> puts it in a, like a fucking uh, uh, just one card. I don't even remember which card it was. It doesn't matter. And he's just going f -f 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 between different people. And I like when they all kind of look at Woody Harrelson because they know he's kind of bad at card flippery. Uh, doesn't at one point one of them like attaches a, a string to it so they can like pull it really hard? Oh my god. Why doesn't he just hypnotize the guards to bring it to him? There's too many guards. Your ass, dude. It's not that big. It's a playing card. It's like just so, up shit pancakes ass. ever since. So, so the biggest problem here is uh, it kept making me think they couldn't have titled this "Now You See Me" or, or "Now You Don't." They should have called it "Now You See Me Too." An exercise in just how far disbelief could be suspended. Uh, because I, I fucking searched this movie on YouTube, and like the top ten videos were just this scene. This yeah. is like the highlight of the movie. People it's love a, this scene. Yeah, I don't that's understand why. Yeah, that's what thing I've ever seen. It's astounding to me that people are like, "Oh yeah, remember the card pass scene?" And now you see me too. It's, it's impossible like, to forget. Yeah. Well, if yeah, this is like, is yeah, if this was like 1999, I'd be pretty impressed. But this is 2016. <laughs> It's just a CGI card flying through the air. Wow, how'd you do it? That's magic. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's like the worst part about this. Is they have to get the card with a computer chip on it past the uh, security sensor, right? How do they uh, do that? They they distract the sensor by uh, fucking Jesse Iceberg taking off his belt and hitting a giant Chinese gong with it. <laughs> <laughs> At yeah, that exact they moment, they throw the card past the sensor. They're just like, oh, wow, sorry, I'm so clumsy. <laughs> fell over into this gigantic <laughs> gong you had dropped this monster <laughs> condom from my magnum dog. That was, the, by the way, that would be a Chinese a fucking... person having their security clearance. I don't know, a fucking gong or something? <laughs> that, Perfect. by the way, is a very Chris Farley move. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Holy Shinto. <laughs> Alright, so, uh... Yeah, they're, the the four horsemen, they're in over their heads. Uh, none of them have died yet. Incredibly. Uh, except for Dave Franco, but, you know. Yeah, but he's... he's or did he? Oh, well, I guess... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, okay. please. <laughs> we get fucking 14 minutes of that. It's not 14 minutes. Uh, what what are they doing? I don't remember. Oh yeah, they have to get the card. And who are they going to bring? They're going to bring to uh, that one guy. Michael Caine is controlling them. They try to drown Mark Ruffalo by putting him in a safe and dropping the safe in water, and they forget that he's a magician. <laughs> he knows how to escape from things. I this is so funny to me because you know this is like the callback to the fucking watch, right? With yeah. the 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 keys in the watch. But also, why didn't he have the watch in the first place? It's because the kid had it, but now the kid doesn't have it. I actually couldn't follow this part. I, I thought the implication was Mark Ruffalo realizing that he's the one that killed his dad because he wanted to play with the watch. But then why does Boo Boo have the watch? Uh, because Magic. maybe the, yeah, the eye came by to uh, investigate the premises after his death. And, uh... The eye needed his dad to die so he would become one of the horsemen. Yes. That makes sense. Check so. <laughs> Sorry, it's the only thing I can't explain with magic in this movie, so I had to, I had to get clarity there. You know, uh, well, that's the thing about the movie and its clarity is uh, 
there's so many characters and so many double crosses, and they're basically like triple agents. You're all like, some of them were in the know, some of them were alive the whole time. It's pretty fucking stupid. Like when Michael Cage shows Definitely. up again, I'm just like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, it's like, I like Michael Caden almost like, bro, you are the 12th character. Yeah, exactly. You need to go home. He he needed another summer home. And it was just like, right, this one then. <laughs> what do you think? He, do like, you think he shared a trailer with Daniel Radcliffe? The Prestige. You were already in a movie about magic with secret brothers. I should like, rewatch that. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to, to rewatch The Prestige without thinking of The Eye of Horus. Correct. Yeah, or it's, those it's better teeth. that way. Or those teeth. I forgot that's fucking teeth. God, he uh, just keeps showing up too. Like they're walking around. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> walking around London town, and here comes Woody Harrelson's brother, Woody Harrelson, to be like, I, I'll be having that. <laughs> ah, thank you for staying that for me. I knew you were here because of magic. Like, great. Only an hour left. Boy, oh, can't catch me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the four horsemen, they're in a real pickle. And uh, one of them says the lie. I think it's uh, Lizzie Kaplan says, We can't give up. We're the four horsemen. Oh my God. <laughs> I think we? she wasn't even like a part of the team. <laughs> 12 hours. What the fuck you mean, we? I don't know your name yet, lady. Yeah. It's, it's not in our nature to give up. Yeah. So, uh, you what were on the stage do? once, and now we're in China. Fucking talk to me about we. So they fake being killed by being thrown out of an airplane by uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Michael Caine. We're skipping so much magic, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> then fill me in on the magic. I forgot about it. It's so, a big set piece where everyone's doing their own tricks. Oh, well, right. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, it's it's important to know, for plot reasons, that the card was fake, and now they have to get the real card. I right, think. yeah. Oh that was God, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we I, wasted that all that time. That was the point where my eyes fully glazed over. I was like, yeah, all right, man, okay. whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, but that... I try to be an attentive viewer as much as I joke around, because we talk about these every week. As soon as I'm like, all right, good, we got past it. So what is that card was fake. I was yeah. like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. So like, one of, one of the tricks is Jesse Eisenberg, who makes the rain stop in midair, and then the shittiest dubstep I've ever heard in my life plays. It uh, fucking owns, dude. I, I'm going to be thinking about the rain trick in this movie for years. And then uh, Lizzie Kaplan is just uh, puking up pigeons. Uh, she makes a guy unzip his pants and a, and a dove flies out of there. Thank you for that. I, I really love fucking Dave Franco playing three-card Monty with people. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good bit, honestly. Yeah. And, uh, and before the, before all this starts, one of them was like, pay attention, you're going to need to know all this for the big reveal at the end. Which, uh, you know, I was glad that paid off, even though it was flagrantly obvious it was going to pay off. <laughs> yeah. And then Dave Franco like goes step-by-step step to explain how it all worked. Yeah, the rain thing, strobe lights, and magic. <laughs> so you're telling me. <laughs> Except that, they're that doing like three. Di- they're doing three different tricks at once, so it's more like. I'm gonna be real. If if there were actual street magicians that were doing something like this, I would spend thousands of dollars to go to one of their stupid street shows. I'm so in on this concept. I don't even care. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. 
Maybe how could he not? Like, yeah. like you're just like in your city and you see something on Twitter. It's like, hey, the horsemen are going to be doing tricks in my town in three hours. Like, you're going through that mob of people. One thousand percent. You said that. I was just yo, you like say PS5 the horsemen are coming? Dude. Do the horsemen get permits? Bro, the horsemen don't need permits. <laughs> they use mentalism to get their permits. Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Love magic, you guys. Yeah. Uh, so I guess and, now uh, we can get to And the... as for Hinley, uh, she made that ghost pirate ship with a flashlight and some cotton swabs. <laughs> 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 Alright, so, uh, yeah, they, they go onto a plane. They get captured. Yeah, and uh, they they have the but real card what? on there, but they that were playing was their the whole plan. Time. Yeah, all along, and they get it's dumped out of the plane. Out there? I, them getting thrown out of this plane is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in any movie ever. <laughs> Just this this gratuitous fucking struggle while Woody Harrelson's brother Woody Harrelson is helping to throw him <laughs> out of a plane into the night sky over merry old England, and then. The lights come up, and actually, they just fell on. They were on the ground the whole time, and they just like fell on a little tarp and then rolled away. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> and then they drink it's piss out of a el- champagne bottle. <laughs> it's such an elaborate setup. Man, also like back to back Jesse Eisenberg movies where someone drinks piss. Good for him. <laughs> Good job, buddy. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this elaborate plan with. Using mind control and like a fake planes, like I don't know, man, just wear a wire. They seem pretty psyched to tell you about it. <laughs> Seems like a little much. I I don't think the eye of Horus can uh can accept uh, wiretaps as you know evidence in the magic community. So. Oh really? Well, why don't you check behind your ear? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if I timed that well? <laughs> yeah, that's a. It's better that you don't, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that should be a good move for everyone like, huh? That's like the cut to commercial music. <laughs> when we return, th- three magicians will be executed like in the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> thrown out of a plane by Bane. But wait till they get home and find out what's in their asses. <laughs> They'll be expecting one of us in the rubble, brother. <laughs> the fact that the whole fucking trick like when they they're like oh actually we tricked you and then the curtains come down and there's just like a crowd of tens of thousands of screaming people watching what i can only assume is a bunch of curtains set up in a river <laughs> <laughs> dude the horsemen are big well this is by the way this is a reveal of uh of morgan freeman who uh was actually a good guy the whole time and uh, he he didn't kill Shrike. I like saying Shrike. I also like magic. <laughs> <laughs> Not like no. He uh, turns out he was a good guy. He's actually been part of the Eye for a long time, and he does believe in magic and blah 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 blah. And uh, so there's like so many back and forth. It's like, oh, was he really on our side the whole time? But that they actually have to ask. So what about Michael Caine and Daniel Radcliffe? Were they also in on it the whole time? And they're just like, no. I it's 
so funny that the one person that was in on it the whole time that you'd never be able to guess is the guy that runs the laboratory with the fake card in it. Like, <laughs> fucking why? <laughs> like, that it. guy shows up again. It's like, why are you here? Uh, that's like, called misdirection. Like, hey, we got these. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sorry, what ahead. should we do for this scene? Okay, so uh, we got all these uh, comment cards from the audience from our test screening. They seem confused. <laughs> so here, you read this card off and just tell them, no. Yes, he was. <laughs> nope, not him. Not today. <laughs> Ooh, no, yeah. almost. So now let's go back to the eye. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, isn't uh, there? They have like a secret headquarters or something. Do they go back to like the the ancient secret Chinese magic shop or something like that? I, I think they go back there, and it reminded me of like the secret headquarters that they have in the Annabelle movies. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take your word for it on that one, buddy. Yeah. Oh, are you okay? No, you know, like the the fucking movies where they go back and it's like, oh, we have the Annabelle doll behind glass. Do not break. She's extra haunted. They're gonna have like a. a <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have like a secret, uh, a fucking secret uh, magic thing that like should never be taken out because it's like cursed magic, and that's now you three me. <laughs> Break into the Warrens Museum and unleash a bunch of haunted shit. <laughs> see, I, I keep thinking about it because you guys see the new um, Kenneth Branagh mystery movie where it's going to be. Bro, it, it, they made it to a horror that movie. That reveal that that was a fucking poro movie. That rattled me to my core. If they can make when that mystery movie that into hair. a horror movie, they can make this magic movie into a magic horror movie. The four horsemen have been listed by Thaddeus to fight. <laughs> Annabelle and a werewolf. All right, sure. Why not? What's this? We have to. We have to use mentalism on the nun. <laughs> I can't tell you how many days in advance I would camp out to see that movie. You know what? No, it's going to tie into the sarcophagus, right? There's going to be a mummy that they have to. They have to defeat that mummy. <laughs> Scooby Doo. <laughs> Wait a second. You mean the monsters are real on this island? You see, this is this is a slightly different version of magic. This is called Dungeon Dice Magic. <laughs> Alright. So do we go left or right? Hold up. Use your minds. There's a third way. <laughs> I'm gonna hypnotize the sun god. <laughs> I hypnotized him took all of his star chips. Now we can get to Pegasus Palace. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, your, your impression sounds a lot more like Bam Margera. I know. It's, it's been a while. That's all right. <laughs> I'm running out of opportunities. That man is not long for this world. That's a good point, dude. <laughs> I don't want to admit to myself that I just sound naturally like him. So, Trent, you know. No, the person who says it was like him is my sister-in-law. But it does bring up a good point. It's like, what if there's an episode where he mentalized his father? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna he did mentalism until him until, until his brain just fucking snapped. And he's just he's just like fucking Neville Longbottom's parents. They use asylum drooling on himself. They use they use mentalism to make Phil talk normal. No, to make a Vito talk normal. <laughs> oh my god. It, 30 years, I suddenly it's all clear to me. Okay, snap your fingers. I won't be going to I'm talking about this. <laughs> this is Don Vito, by the way. 
That's yeah, so Deco and Brittany Gate break on. Just come over. We're, gonna, we're actually going to go hang out at the Quick Trip. We're going to grab some drinks. Just keep snapping. I can't believe it. I, Rob himself just metalized Rake Yon and put in mustard on his hot dog. Check it out. <laughs> Mental bees. <laughs> I just simply wouldn't be friends with him after that fucking bee thing. That's all I can think about, man. Look at that. <laughs> so Damn, it, are you crying? I don't know. <laughs> are you? There <laughs> it is. The longer the delay gets, the more <laughs> So tune into our next movie, The Blue Beetle. Nope. Or is it? It's a or it's <laughs> <laughs> all right uh we gotta head out here soon and there's this giant egg that showed up in our studio and <laughs> if i had it, i'd play like the pokemon evolving music for that one finally level 16 about fucking time <laughs> We got our double kick so we can beat Brock already. (laughs) (laughs) Can we sleep 14 hours tonight? (laughs) And that's the tea, sis.